0: Good evening, um, my name is Jason Gray, Town of Castle Rock Mayor this is our, our Town Council. I'd like to open up an invocation. Heavenly Father, we ask for your guidance, wisdom, and support as we begin the meeting. We gather here today in this of doing good work, tend to to represent the town fairly for those who give us this task. Help us engage in meaningful discussion and clarify. And clarify and clarity and strength to use in our best skills and judgment and please bless the community our residents business and businesses and business people and visitors and help us do continue to good work in your name amen roll call please
1: council member hollingshead here council member cavey yes council Lafleur. here council member brooks present council member deeds here Mayor Pro Tem Bracken? Present. Mayor Gray? Here. All are present.
0: Thank you. I'd like to ask Jamie from Troop 260 to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Um, Mayor Pro Tembracken has requested to uh, speak first tonight.
2: Sure, thank you, Mayor. Um, so yeah, just a, a, a few updates from uh, from our uh, open house. So we had several questions. Uh, Councilmember Hollingshead and I both did our open house together since we share part of the uh, part of the meadows together. So um, so yeah, a few few comments from that, uh, mostly about um kind of growth around town i think were, was probably the the major issue there was uh, some speeding comments and and monitoring and and we do have that uh, uh speed calming program in place through the public works department that we actually had a uh, uh a street uh, a couple streets in the meadows recently that uh that are are, are getting speed bumps and um so SO YEAH A LOT OF A LOT OF GOOD DISCUSSION A LOT OF FEEDBACK FROM THAT MEETING AND uh, AND SO uh, THANKS FOR EVERYBODY THAT SHOWED UP AND AND THANK YOU FOR THE STAFF FOR uh, FOR HELPING uh, YOU KNOW ANSWER EVERYBODY'S QUESTIONS AND NEEDS AND OF COURSE THE TOWN MANAGER AS WELL SO uh, um, SO YEAH THAT THAT'S THE uh, THE THE um, SORRY THE the DISTRICT UPDATE SO um, SO RECENTLY um, my work has kicked up pretty significantly and um, so i've i've had a really full plate and i haven't had the opportunity to uh to fulfill some of my uh duties as mayor pro tem um so in that i haven't haven't had the opportunity to do the manager's review and the attorney's review for their annual re, annual review for their uh for their position which uh which we did uh make the decision or, or i did collectively make the decision to slide that back to later in the year because so i felt it was more of a calendar year uh issue as most people think about uh, you know the calendar year versus a uh you know fall time review so um, with that I I think uh, what I'd like to do is hand off the position of mayor pro tem over to another council member um, and um, and allow that process to follow out especially since it's going to be up here relatively soon um, and if it would be uh, for the liking and pleasure I'd like to. Uh, Request that uh, Councilmember Lafleur take over the mayor pro tem position um, if, if if Council is uh, is open to that. But in addition to that, I'd like to keep my seat in the third position uh, to the right of the mayor, given that we are in we are in order of uh, of district. So. Um, um, any comments to that? Um, do I need to make a motion or
0: is there something? You, you make the motion and, and I'll, I'll do a second. All right. I, I, uh, I,
2: I motion the council member of the floor, uh, take over the role of
0: mayor pro tem. Second. The remainder of the term. Uh, comments. That comes from our deeds. Yeah.
3: Thank you. And if it's my understanding, it will only be for the remainder until next election. Correct. Okay. So it will yes. just be for one year next. <laughs> I am okay with this situation. Um, There are a lot of responsibilities up here that all council members have to go through, including the mayor. We all do have lives outside of here. I do agree with that. It can be very taxing sometimes, but there is a, a, a thing where, you know, you make a commitment to this and going forward, I'm glad that council member Bracken has stepped forward as he did. But going forward, we need to make sure that we're on point before it becomes to this. But again, this will just be for one year. Thank you.
4: For discussion, Max Brooks. I just have a question. Uh, Can you remind me, because we've only been the process once, uh, how do we normally select? Is it a motion for somebody specifically? Or how do we normally do that? We vote. We We, we vote, uh, period, or does it follow a motion? Because it, it should be the same way that we would normally do it. Is my point.
5: No, that's a good question, David. It's my recollection that we don't do the ballots for this, but that we just do a motion. Yeah. In this case. In this case. Okay. Okay. I'm
2: I'm I'm fine with an open vote. It doesn't. I mean, unless okay? unless unless everyone's comfortable. I mean, I, I think it's going to pass unanimously. Okay. I mean, okay. I'm the one making the motion. So. Okay.
0: Any further discussion? Uh, I want to uh, thank uh, Kevin for his service as Mayor Portem for uh, almost three years, and to uh, appreciate your hard work. Sure. And totally get that you're in a place right now that it doesn't make sense for you to be in Mayor Pro Tem, So I do appreciate it. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember Lafleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Deed. Yes. Mayor Tem Bracken. Yes. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. Um, what I'd like to talk about a little bit is um, Roger Partridge was a commissioner in town, long time business person in town. He passed away about a week ago. Um, I was friends with Roger Partridge I, for about 20 years. He's a business person in town. Him and I talked a lot. Um, he had a business in town and he came in a coffee shop a lot and we just, and he was just a great, great person. When I first became mayor, um, I was, he was one of the first people who called me and congratulated me. Um, and when he got cancer in 2017, um, he fought hard and he went to and did multiple treatments all over the world. Um, it was in remission quite, uh, quite successfully for a while. And then unfortunately it came back recently and, and took his life and, um, It just he was, uh, God, I'm sorry, this is hard. Um, I just, I hadn't seen him in a little while and uh, it just stinks. And I know that everybody here knew him in a little bit of a different way. And um, I was just so fortunate. Um, And he mentioned me when I first became mayor and helped me on different commissions. And um, I just want to thank, thank him. And uh, my heart goes out to his family and, and uh, but it, he is, he will be sorely missed for his contributions as a person and as a family, as a business person and as a commissioner. So thank you. Ryan said. Thanks mayor.
6: Um, I also wanna to thank uh, town staff for our open house uh, last week. It was a great success. I think last year we had a blizzard and we had four people show up and this year we had over 50. So um, that, was, that was huge. I um, also want to let everybody know that our uh, town police force has been certified in making hot chocolate. So look for those guys at all your town events. They, they, they're doing some good outreach and some really positive things for the community. And just want to welcome our, our Cub Scouts up here. Um, thanks for being here, guys. Uh, the stuff you're learning, Cub Scouts, I know for me, it was huge in my life. And, and those lessons you're learning are super important. So thanks for your commitment to that. That's all thanks. Thank you, Councilmember Kavey.
7: Yeah, I just wanted to also say thank you. Apparently, we we're, we're on a uh, run of doing open houses. <laughs> um, mine was also last week on Monday. Unfortunately, I did get hit with the blizzard. Um, so not quite the turnout I was hoping for, but I know sure. staff worked hard on it and I appreciate it. A couple of things that did come out of that particular open house is there's still a lot of talk around speeding in all the neighborhoods, whether it's Cobblestone, whether it's Sapphire Point. So that's probably gonna be something we will have to look into. The other thing that kind came up that at some point Dave, Um, we should probably discuss as a council, is the 10 mills that Cobblestone pays um, directly to the town for fire. It is a little outside of what the norm is for the community. So maybe at some point as a council, we can have a discussion on how possibly we maybe ramp that down a little bit and make it more in line with the other communities uh, within Castle Rock. But once again, I want to thank staff. Appreciate your hard work. Thanks.
0: Does the floor?
8: No comment tonight. Thank you, Mayor.
0: Max Brooks.
4: Uh, yes, Mayor, thank you. Uh, by my clock, I think you still have 49 minutes to get your ballots in, right? It's uh, it's not a presidential year. I get it. Typically, voter turnout is low. Um, doesn't mean that it's any less important to get your ballots in. So you still have time. Thank you.
0: How great would it be if everyone stood up and just ran out and... <laughs> But I assume everyone's done their their vote in here, so I I appreciate that. Tim Dietz.
3: Yes, thank you, Mayor. I just want folks to know out there, we know it's snowing, we know it's gonna get icy, and roads are gonna build up. I really think I've talked to our town manager, our roads department, public works, they they know that, folks. Um, I know there's places out there where our neighbors need help breaking the ice up, getting it off the sidewalks, I help my neighbors do what you can do what you can. Call me if it's that bad. I got a chisel I'll come out. But just know that they're out there. They're doing their best. I I am trying to work on certain areas. We do know that the north sides are the shady sides. We'd like the snow pushed to the opposite side so it melts. Um, They are aware of that I have made them aware of that. Trust me, they know that, folks. And uh, the roads, we wanna keep them in the best shapes we can. Thank you.
0: And thank you. Um, which, with that, we have the proclamation of the uh, Proclamation Crash Responder Safety Week, November 13th to the 17th. Whereas the town of Castle Rock is committed to treating roadway deaths and serious injuries as preventable and unacceptable, and whereas the committed to minimize frequency of secondary crashes, including responder struck by fatalities and injuries through focus of response staging enforcement and education and whereas committed to reducing traffic congestion for all road users through safe quick traffic incident clearance and whereas we are committed to collecting and applying crash date and data and and to improve safety of all our road users and whereas we are committed to promoting public education and outreach on move over laws. And whereas we are committed in following the best practices of the tra- traffic incident management uh, as Tim has outlined in the federal state and local partners and therefore on town council on the town of Castle Rock do hereby proclaim November 13th to 17th, 2023 as crash responder safety week. Throughout the town, we will continue our efforts to jointly improve our safety across all the roadways and recognize those who are knowingly putting themselves in harm's way to respond to roadway incidents. I urge all residents to extreme caution and slow down and move over when approaching a roadway incident and safety to all our incident responders. Thank you very much. Is that to you and Chief, is that both Chiefs? Okay, and Dan, thank you. Thanks to the three of you guys and your departments. Now we have unscheduled public appearances. The time is reserved for members of the public to make presentation or council or items or issues that are not scheduled in the agenda. As a general practice, the council will not discuss or debate these items, nor will council make any decision on these items presented during this time, rather than we refer the items to to staff for, for follow up. Comments are limited to thirty minutes. There's thirty minutes. Three minutes per speaker. Wow. Time will be limited to thirty minutes total. Residents will be given a priority that order they signed up, followed by the, the non-residents representing town castle businesses and then non-residents and then business outside of town of Castle Rock as time permits. Council is also accepting public comments submitted written online at CRGov.com backslash council comments by one PM today as included in public record. I do have two people signed up to speak. Is there a Scott and Deborah Rodas? Thank you.
9: Thanks. Silver button. (laughs) I'm looking for red, and this is the only red thing I see. (laughs) Um, My wife and I, we live in uh, Butterfield, and we back up to the park. And the courts, the pickleball courts, just got installed uh, about five months ago, six months ago. And um, as we all know, pickleball is kind of loud. It disrupts our lives. And I decided to, uh, instead of complaining and making calls and emails and all that stuff, to take it a little step further and then propose this guy to you guys. So, can I show you a um, petition? Yeah. OH, ACTUALLY, LET HAVE ONE OF SO um, THE ISSUE OF THE PICKLEBALL AT BUTTERFIELD, BUT IT'S ALSO um, BECAUSE I'M ON FACEBOOK AND TALKING WITH PEOPLE ABOUT THIS, AND ALL OF A SUDDEN PEOPLE ARE LIKE, HEY, WHAT'S The same thing in founders so i went up to founders so you will see on the petition um some of the addresses that people have signed are around founders village Um, there's also some concerns in uh, plum creek as well so i've gotten some signatures from there because they're starting to build a pickleball so anyways what uh what we're talking about is dis- the, the disturbing, irritating, and annoying sounds coming from the pickleball courts and the pickleball players yelling and screaming. And this is starting as early as 5.30 in the morning. And it lasts, well, most of the summer it was last until 11 o'clock at night. We couldn't shut our windows. We were running our AC. I mean, we couldn't open our windows. Um, the inside of our houses sound like a popcorn machine. So um, never in my life have I, Felt so much stress due to this. And it's, it is taking an effect on my health, but that's um, not, not where we're going here. Um, the closest residence to the property of where this sits in Butterfield is 92 feet. Um, with noise, and I've got a decibel reader of 70 plus. So the decibels are just too loud. The sound, is that it?
0: Go ahead and just follow up. You, you had a little mo- some moments there, so go ahead. I'll give you a spot, 20 more seconds. Go ahead. Well, I'll let my wife t- continue. Okay.
10: So, the uh, city of Centennial had a similar situation, and their town council approved um, a noise study and they um, passed an ordinance with setting specific regulations, time of use. Um, being shortened and actually moving the courts to be within regulated guidelines, no less than 250 feet from residential areas. Um, We're asking that the town can please reevaluate the park, the settings, and, and maybe model after Centennial. I know exactly what they were thinking when they put the pickleball courts where they did, it fit perfectly in where the basketball courts were. Perfect spot, but noise wise, it's it's not good. We can't even be outside. It echoes it, it, it carries throughout the neighborhood. It's worse actually hearing it in the front of our house. Um, we're 130 feet from the pickleball courts and the, the noise is just very disruptive. It's, it's ruining quality of life. It's taking effect on his health, his stress level. Um, so we would just really would like if the town could please reevaluate the pickleball courts and set some sort of regulations, shorten the hours, um, the lights, the parking lot lights next to the courts, those are on all night long. So that does not deter when the court lights go off, they're still out there playing Plus the lights shine in our back, back of our house into, into our house. So it's, that's disruptive.
0: Okay, well thank you Deborah <clears throat> thank you Scott for bringing this to our attention.
9: So we're, we're, we're proposing with this and everyone that has signed this so far and I've got someone who didn't show up tonight who has about three or four more sheets okay. that he was getting done. So I'll, I'll submit those to you.
0: That, that would be fantastic. I appreciate so
9: it. I wanted to get a hundred people. And okay. now I think we're getting close.
0: Okay. This is over here. Yeah, that's there. And then we'll, yeah. we'll we got the other stuff. Thank you very much. I have no one else to speak. If someone would like to speak, please approach the podium, speak in a microphone and online users can use the raise your hand feature and phone the call or press star three. You want to come up, sir? Please state your name and whether you're a resident and where you're um, resident or not. Thank you.
11: Sure. My name is Dave Rodas, and uh, Scott is my son, and Deb's my daughter-in-law. I live at uh, 332 Crosshaven, uh, a long ways from any pickleball courts. But one thing that they didn't mention was... With quality of life, our kids are supposed to be in bed like nine o'clock at night. They can't be in bed with lights shining in their bedroom window and people outside yelling and screaming and hollering as close as 90 feet from their bedroom. So that is an added issue that you really need to take into That park used to close at nine and now they're out there till past 11 and they start, like Scott said, they start real early in the morning. It's not affecting me, but I I feel sympathy for the people that live there. The city didn't seem to do their due diligence when they built those courts. There is regulations in other cities that they could have gone to and checked out. In this particular case, the tennis ball courts, which hardly get used, I think, would have been a a much better place to put them, but it's an issue that needs to be addressed. I talked recently when I was with Tim, at a, uh, what did you call that gathering? Oh yeah, an open house, okay. And um, I talked to the, the guy that's in charge of your parks and he almost, I mean, you know, it was like talking through a window, talking to him. He didn't seem to care a bit so um, maybe there's some other issues that need to be addressed and that's all i have to say
0: thank you I appreciate it thank you I uh, have no one else on time to speak if someone likes to speak please approach the podium yes sir
11: i'll throw in two cents
12: since i'm here hello paul bicknell i live on mountain vista lane which is a couple blocks away from scott rodus who just spoke Um, I can hear the pickleball court from my house even though it's a long way away Um, it's faint it's not as bad as it is in his backyard he has a really nice backyard he used to be a landscaper landscaper engineer designer his backyard is amazing and it's like a zen garden back there and it used to be a really peaceful place but not anymore and that's pretty sad and then mr is senior so talked about dave talked about you know the kids being kept up at night too so it really goes back to community and what we want in our community and we really want you know, a nice peaceful community and this is kind of feels a little bit counter to that so that's all i had to say thank you
0: thank you paul and again i have no one else under on to speak if someone likes to speak please reach to the podium otherwise online view online users Seeing none, we'll go to the town manager's report.
5: Mayor and council, just a a few items that we'll uh, go through uh, quickly since we've got a healthy agenda. Is it this one? Just a few calendar items for uh, reminders. Um, This uh, Thursday night, is the uh, partnership for douglas county government's elected officials reception up in uh lone tree the uh, the mayor has been the chair of that group um, this year and um, uh, per custom um, lone tree is is hosting the event because lone tree will be the chair then into 2024 you see the um the veterans day holiday uh this friday and then um on november the 14th we've got the boarding commission appreciation event Uh, we really appreciate the work from our volunteers that serve on boards and commissions so this is an annual opportunity to to thank them that's going to be at the Cantrell school site and then uh, the, the next day a number of you all are signed up for the county state of the county event which is up at the legacy campus there, um, they say South Peoria Street. I guess I always look at it as Lincoln. It's the old Wildlife Experience building that the school district has occupied and has turned into their legacy campus, and that's where the um, uh, uh, the, the county will have that state of the county event. And then Starlighting, obviously, is then uh, that Saturday be here before Thanksgiving. So, really appreciate um, the the chambers work on that. And then, as you know, we have just multiple town departments that uh participate in getting that uh project ready Pro- there's probably easier to talk about the departments that are not involved in helping starlighting happen so we're excited about that um, as well and then you see some other calendar items as we uh, close in on the the rest of the month um, then the december 5th council meeting there's a uh, uh, a core cooperative uh, electric cooperative uh, appreciation lunch in there that's scheduled I know some council members are attending and then we've got the holiday schedule for, um, for for Christmas and then um, uh, New Year's Day and uh, we've got some neighborhood meetings some of these items are going to be coming on your your council agenda later uh, we've got the uh, t-mobile um, uh Proposal there at Bison Park, uh, where we're uh, a potential cooperative agreement with them, where uh, they'd be building a public bathroom core and then using that uh, as part of their wireless uh, work for um, cell service in the community. The Oaks filing there that is south of Plum Creek Parkway and um, west of, of Ridge Road. They're having a uh, another neighborhood meeting. I think that uh, development proposal, uh, which comes from the 1980s is going to be um, coming before uh, council uh, shortly after that. We've got some annexations that um, uh, Tara's gonna walk us through as well. We've got another um, uh, proposal at Butterfield Park uh, to use their um, uh, part of their facility for a wireless antenna equipment there as well. And then we've got a proposed two-story building on front street so we've got a number of neighborhood meetings that uh, for uh, development proposals want to make sure that uh, council and the community is aware of as well uh, dunkin donuts they've um, got a site development plan there up near uh, aloha and founders parkway near the four corners area that um, um, has got a neighborhood meeting and then um, as part of our participation in the Community Development Block Grant Program, uh, we're having a uh, public meeting there on November the 13th as well. So that concludes what um, I wanted to quickly verbally remind you of. You've got in your agenda packets um, the third quarter financial report. Appreciate the, the finance departments work in regards to putting that report together uh, the long and the short of it is is that while we're receiving a little bit less revenue that we had planned on we are um, managing expenditures accordingly to ensure a balanced budget for for this year and the third quarter major projects report um, is also committed to your reading um, we're on track for um, all of the items that um, are our major projects. Um, some of them are coming in a little bit later than what we had planned, but we, were, we feel pretty good about all of those. Matt has all, also put together a, a periodic report um, on just wireless communications facilities, because we do get a lot of community questions regarding cell service in the community. So we keep track of the, the different cell um, uh, facilities that are being put in within the community. So that is uh, the report that I'm gonna have. And then Tara is gonna come up now and walk us through some development um, service projects reports. We do keep track of the residential uh, units that have been constructed within the community. Um, And you see the most uh, recently, periodically uh, updated report there as well. I'm happy to respond to any questions on my report before we turn it over to Tara for her development activity reports.
0: Oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till the agenda. Okay. Okay. Go ahead.
8: All right, well, good
13: evening council. Um, This is your once a month update on a various development activity around town. Um, I do like to uh, walk us through the new pre-applications that have been submitted since I last presented to you all at our first October meeting. Uh, As a reminder um, to you all and to those watching tonight, pre-applications are not formal applications yet. This is an opportunity for a developer or a property owner to ask questions on what the process would be if they move forward with this idea that they have. So it's a required step. So often these turn into real projects and a lot of times they do not. Uh, So walking around the various council member districts, starting in district one with council member Hollingshead, we have a pre-application for the Meadows self storage facility. Um, They're relatively new. They have some RV parking in the rear and they're looking to convert some of those aisles of RV parking uh, into new buildings uh, for additional indoor storage. And they are located, as you can see on the map, uh, just north of Meadows Parkway and east of the hospital property. Um, Over on the west side of the Meadows, we have a proposed lighthouse community. This is proposed by the Church of the Rock uh, facility that exists on that parcel today. Uh, They are looking at amending uh, their zoning to allow for some additional uses, uh, including residential uses such as senior and affordable housing and some guest suites for um, short-term stays. Um, additional elements they described were uh, worship facilities, additional to what they have, family wellness center, and some other related uses. Again, this is not yet a formal application. Uh, this is their first step to find out uh, what the process is that they would need to go through if they decide to move forward. And uh, district two, council member Cady's district, Uh, We have a pre-application for the next new town fire station, uh, station number 156. As you can see on the vicinity map, this is on the west side of Castle Oaks Drive. Uh, It's north, the northern entrance, uh, or intersection with Pleasant View Drive. So just before the Cobblestone Ranch community. Uh, district three, uh, previous Mayor Pro Tem Brackens District, now Council Member, district, uh, Council Member Brackens District, will update our slides, thank you. Uh, there's several uh, going on in this area. Um, the existing Maverick Station on Meadows and Limelight, uh, I believe has been purchased by Good2Go and is going through a rebranding effort. So they're looking to make some facade changes uh, to the exterior of that building just to the south of that building on some vacant land off of limelight uh, we have a proposal for a retail office center strip Uh, again this is just west of the amc movie theater and just south of some existing restaurant retail areas um, on the southern end of the meadows off of Coachline, Castle Rock Water is proposing a location for a new tank, a very creatively named uh, Water Tank 8B. Uh, so looking at that, uh, it is north of Coachline Road and west of Wolfensburger Road. Um, uh, At 599 Topeka Way, so in the industrial area, uh, we have a uh, building that has a variety of uses in it. They're looking at one of their suite spaces, uh, converting over to integrated life choice. Uh, It is a facility that would provide adult job training um, for folks um, in need of that um, item, excuse me. And district four, Mayor Pro Tem, the uh, district uh, we have a request from 7 11 so just on the north end of downtown here um, right off of wilcox they're looking to expand on the rear of their building um, possibly into the area where there's parking spaces right off of eighth street so but on their property so looking to see what that process is uh, castle rock elementary school is looking to make some parking changes uh, replacing a, an unused bus loop area with additional parking Kohl's in town, just off of Front Street, is looking to add four um, EV, electrical vehicle charging stations to the parking lot uh, where there currently are parking spaces. Um, and then the Unity on Wolfensburger, this is um, an additional potential Wellsprings project. Uh, they're looking at the quality inn uh, that exists uh, just to the east, um, of Park Street and south of Wolfensburger Road looking to possibly convert that to 50 units of residential facility for adults with disabilities and District 6 Council Member Ditas District we have a pre-application on Brookside Business Center so this is South uh, South Wilcox Street just north of the Castle Rock Auto Plex uh, this parcel shape is a little unique in this area but they're looking to do a couple buildings with light industrial flex space that could be used for retail office um, showroom type uses and then the um, some outdoor vehicle storage area probably in the the narrower northern portion of the property um, that backs to floodplain areas we have some potential annexation pre-applications which i'm happy to talk more about um, which uh, dave mentioned we have some upcoming neighborhood meetings for Uh, the first four are properties that are owned by Core Electric Company. Uh, we have been working with them as a part of our overall effort to clean up the pockets of unincorporated um, county surrounded by town uh, jurisdiction. Uh, so there are four parcels I'll talk about. This first one is their existing substation on Ridge Road. Uh, you can see it's just southeast of the King Super at Four Corners. Um, it is primarily almost completely surrounded by town of Castle Rock jurisdiction. So working with them to um, be in will, a willing application to go through an uh, annexation process. This one is located in Councilmember Cavey's district. Uh, there are four total. Uh, the next one is in Councilmember Dietz's district. This is on the southwest side of town, uh, north of Crystal Valley Interchange, um, future Crystal Valley Interchange, north of Dawson Trails, and property that's called Westfield Trade Center. So you can see it is uh, touches the town boundary on two of its four sides, and it's in an area of Yucca Hills. Again, these all have existing substations on them. Uh, The third is located more in the center of town at the intersection of Prairie Hawk and Wolfensburger Road. Uh, This touches um, uh, Council Member Bracken's district and Mayor Pro Tim LaFleur's district. I will say Mayor Pro Tem Bracken floor at some point, I apologize, <laughs> I'll work on it. Um, and again, this is a property that's completely surrounded um, by town, uh, Castle Rock jurisdiction, and we're just looking to clean all that up. Uh, the fourth site is located on the northeast side of town, just north of Founders Parkway, uh, west of the um, Timber Canyon and Pinyon Soleil neighborhoods. Uh, and you can see that it does touch uh, the recently annexed Canyons Far South property. Then we have a um, town-only annexation request. So again, as a part of our broader effort to clean up town-owned parcels uh, that are also in unincorporated uh, Douglas County, uh, this is our tower open space proposal. It does touch uh, the town boundary um, up on the northern side uh, where it touches Crowfoot Road. Um, It is bound by both Metzler Ranch and Canyons Far South. Um, And the lower portions and so looking to have those first neighborhood meetings uh, for all really all five of these annexations uh, in a joint neighborhood meeting uh, in November. So that uh, is the total package of pre-applications. As a reminder, uh, sometimes it's feast or famine. We don't get a lot of them, and then we get, we get a lot of them. Um, I also wanted, tonight wanted to touch on some upcoming public hearing items. I don't usually uh, do this each month, but we are coming into the holidays, so I did want to um, mention these potential four projects that might be at the December 19th Town Council hearing, uh, simply because that's the week before Christmas. Um, as Dave mentioned on some of the upcoming neighborhood meetings, uh, the Oaks Filing 2 is a residential site development plan uh, amendment. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts is a site development plan with interface buffering. Uh, T-Mobile facility at Bison Park and then we likely will have a substantial compliance hearing uh, for a property at 895 Ridge Road uh, that is also near that King Super on Ridge Road. So just a heads up um, from just timing perspective again we're not holding a quasi-judicial hearing on any of these items right now but I'm happy to answer any questions you might have if I can.
0: Any questions for Tara? Oh, I think I appreciate it. Tara. I, I also think about appreciate you yeah, walking us through what, what isn't quasi and what it is, And I think that what we can talk about and not talk about is very helpful. Thank you. Right, thank you. David? The thank, thank you. you. Uh, town attorney's report. Uh,
14: thank you, Mayor members of the council. Just a very brief report tonight. I'd like to uh, uh, let you all know that we are back at full staff again in the town attorney's office. Uh, we've hired a uh, uh kate parker who uh is recently uh a town attorney with uh fountain colorado and uh also uh sarah jean roger who is uh uh, a a new attorney just having graduated from law school and passed the bar, but she has good experience with uh, uh, as a paralegal with the uh, town attorney's office in Mount Crested Butte. So uh, both have a little bit of experience, and uh, we're very happy of being full staff again. So thank you. Thank you, Michael. Moving
0: on to the acceptance of the agenda, um, if it pleases the council, I'd like to take off number 34 from the agenda item um, that is talking about, I'll go ahead and read it actually. Number, number 33, sorry, uh, sorry, 33 is the Executive Session, Town Manager and Town Attorney Performance Evaluations. I could take that off the agenda. Um, can I get a second? Second. second. I got a second for Max Brooks. Um, roll call vote, please. Okay.
5: Put it on the agenda next, next yes. time?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. And move it to the next agenda, uh, next Next, my next question. council. No, sorry, guys. Yes. Hmm.
5: Got it.
1: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken? Yes. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem LaFleur? Yes. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. If there are no more additions or deletions to the agenda, a motion to accept the agenda as changed will be accepted. I have a first by Councilmember Bracken? Second. Second by Councilmember Hollingshead. Any further discussion? Roll call vote please.
1: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Kavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken? Yes. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor Portem on the floor? Aye. Mayor Gray? Yes. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Moving on to the consent calendar, these items are generally routine in nature and have been previously reviewed by Town Council and be voted on a single motion. Without discussion, any member of Town Council may remove an item from the consent calendar. Number nine, Order 2023-26, Ordinance adopting 2024 budget for the Town of Castle Rock, Colorado. Number 10, ordinance 2023-27, Ordinance amending Chapters 3.16, 4.04, 13.16, 13, and 13.30. Of the Castle Rock Municipal Code by changing stormwater development impact fees, renewable water resource fees, water and wastewater system development fees, and water re- resources and stormwater rates and surcharges. Ordinance, number, or, sorry, number 11 in the agenda, Ordinance 2023 28, Ordinance levying general property taxes on the year 2023 for 2024 collection for the town of Castle Rock. Number 12, Ordinance 2023 29, Ordinance levying general property taxes on the behalf of Council Castle Rock Downtown Development Authority for year 2023 to be collected in 2024. Number 13, Ordinance 2023-30, Ordinance Repeating and re- reenacting Article 2 of Chapter 3.04 of the Castro Municipal Code for regarding sales tax and amending various provisions to Article 3, Chapter 3.04 of the Council Municipal Code regarding use tax. Number 14 ordinance 2023-31 ordinance approving agreement between the acm dawson trails 8 jv llc and the town of castle rock exchange a property between two entities and a grant to temporary easements to facilitate the construction of crystal valley interchange project <clears throat> pardon me and only we got about a half hour left don't run up Number 15, res- resolution 2023-130, resolution approving the grant agreement between the town of Castle Rock and State Board Great Outdoors Colorado Trust Fund for the Colorado Front Range Trail Project. Number 16, resolution 2023-121, resolution waiving the formal bidding ag- agreement basis on sole source approving equipment services agreement with Trojan Technologies of Plum Creek Water Purification Facility. Artery archery membrane filter number two, modular replacement project. Number 17, resolution 2023, that's 132. Resolution approving and construction contract between the Town of Castle Rock and 53 Corporation LLC for tank um, 6B site restoration. Number 18, resolution 2023, Dash 133 resolution confirming designation of second assistant town town manager position appointing addition, additional assistant town manager for the town of Castle Rock. and number 19 proclamation 2023 13 proclamation uh, commander of, t- of Tim Gorman day and number 20 uh, minutes 2023 20 minutes October 17th 2023 town council meeting I'll the motion
6: so moved. second
0: First by Councilmember Brack, and second by Councilmember Holland. Said, um, just on any discussion, I'd like to do a quick discussion. I want to congratulate Matt Gohl and congratulate uh, Commander Tim Gorman. I have a first and a second. Roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken? Yes. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem LaFleur? Aye. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. Next, we have public hearing and discussion and action item, items. Public comment will be taken on and limited to four minutes per speaker. Council will be also accept comments submitted online, written online at crgov.com/backslash council comments by 1 p.m. today to be included in the public record. Number 21, Ordinance 2023-32, Ordinance approving the Fourth Amendment for 2023 fiscal year budget, making supplemental appropriations for 2023 fiscal year. Trish.
15: Thank you, Mayor and Council. I'm here this evening to present to you the fourth amendment to the 2023 budget for your consideration. So why do we do these budget amendments? Well, we originally had Council Uh, approved the 2023 budget back in September of 22. And since that time, there's many things that come to our attention where we need to adjust so we can move forward accordingly, be that capital projects or other type of items. Um, Finance staff has reviewed each of these budget requests and we have verified that there are appropriate funds available for these causes. Uh, As you can see on your screen, we are asking for a total budget amendment of $4,815,784 in expenses, and that number is offset by $4,616,807 in related revenue. And like I said before, this is something very common for us to do. You can see for the past five years, we have had three to four budget amendments per year. Uh, And it just depends on what's going on uh, with timing, with capital projects and other items. Uh, I should say, and I should probably knock on wood as I say this, this, this is going to be our last budget amendment for the year. So going through this now, I'd like to do it by major area. Really the areas that are included in this are park and rec, water, uh, fire, and transportation. So starting with parks and recreation, um, you will see that we had growth in our special events division in this past year in the summer concert series. Um, they are requesting an additional $490,000. That would be both in revenue and expense. And that goes into the Philip S. Miller Fund. Those are the paid concerts uh, that the uh, Special Events Division of Parks and Recreation are each year. Um, related to that one, you'll see um, on about in the middle of the screen there it is an additional $180,000. And that's the same type of reason as far as special events, but it's for our non-paid events, for the free events that we have around town. So, uh, Park and Recreation is requesting $180,000 to cover additional costs related to those type of events. Earlier this year, uh, Parks and Recreation worked with Water to do a full turf replacement at Paintbrush Park. Uh, Water is helping us with an internal loan and also a contribution to that project. So this is kind of a cleanup item in the budget amendment. You'll see in front of you um, the parks department needs a budget amendment of 928,000 to cover the costs that they incurred for this project. Cantrill, the building that we have here downtown, um, we are requesting an additional 150,000 to do renovations in the restrooms and also install an ADA compliant lift. Along with the capital of 150, we are also asking for 60,000 to help with some of the operations at that location. And last but not least for park and rec, we're asking for $90,545 related to repairs that need to happen at the rec center leisure pool and also some elevator repairs at that location. Moving on to Castle Rock Water, I previously mentioned the uh, turf replacement over at Paintbrush Park. Uh, This is the amount of funding that went from water over to the Parks Division to be able to do that. So again, kind of a cleanup issue here. And that amount is 1,659,000. Parks, not Parks, Water is also asking for 605,000 related to construction, drilling, testing uh, in well A3, they, they also commented that they would work on the naming of the wells, but this is well A3 in Bell Mountain Ranch. Public safety is asking for 85,000. This is to purchase a vehicle for um, A FIRE PREVENTION OFFICER. THE FIRE PREVENTION OFFICER WAS HIRED EARLIER. Um, AT THAT TIME, WE WERE SHARING VEHICLES. GIVEN THE the WORKLOAD AND THE SCHEDULE, WE NEED TO ACCOMMODATE THAT uh, PREVENTION OFFICER WITH AN ADDITIONAL VEHICLE. TRANSPORTATION HAS TWO REQUESTS FOR YOUR REVIEW THIS EVENING. Uh, THE FIRST ONE IS A PROJECT THAT THEY WERE DOING IN THE GLOVERS AREA. IT WAS A JOINT PROJECT WITH WATER. And transportation is asking for $381,490 so they can conclude that project. The second ask from transportation is $100,000 related to increased costs that they're finding for the parts that they have been purchasing over the past year. Everything's gone up and our fleet department is in the same boat there. That concludes my presentation, and since it is Commander Tim Gorman Day, I would love to have him field any questions that Council may have. Yes. Anybody have any questions for uh, Commander Gordon oh. Gorman?
8: How much money do you want?
0: <laughs> any, any questions for Trish? Thank you, Trish. Is there a motion? Yep.
7: I move to approve on the move on. I move to approve the ordinances introduced by second.
0: I have a first by Councilmember Kavey, a second by Mayor Pro Tem uh LaFleur. I will mess that up as well, so sorry. Um and roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollingson? Aye. Councilmember Kavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken? Yes. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor Portem LaFleur? Aye. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to number 22 direction discussion uh, for Public Safety Commissioner's recommendation for 2024 Phillips Miller Resource Grant Programs. We have six applications.
16: Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of council. Tonight, I'll be uh, presenting the next item of the Philip S. Miller Resource Grant Program, the 2024 applications. Before we start that, I'm just gonna briefly go over the policy. Uh, We have had an increase, obviously, in the budget to $45,000 per council's direction. Uh, This program aims to support social and human services in Castle Rock. Uh, That uh, um, services and benefits the the town of Castle Rock's uh, residents. Uh, and supports the town's strategic plan. And the funding must recl- must include provisions for the necessities of life, which include water, energy, food, and or shelter and assistance. Um, Going back to the, obviously there was an increase this year in the budget for $45,000. We still have up to five grants that you can award annually and the funds will get uh, dispersed either annually or semi-annually, depending on the size of the grant. Uh, At this point, I will hand the the presentation over to our chair, uh, Mr. Nate Marsh, and he will talk a little bit about his recommendation for council.
17: Good evening. Uh, like I said, my name is Nate Marsham. Serve as the chairperson for the Public Safety Commission, and every October we get, I think maybe one of the best things we get to do as far as the Public Safety Commission is to hear from a number of organizations that do a lot of good work in our community. Um, as was said, there's only five applic- there's only five awards that can be made. We had six applicants, and so unfortunately that means that we had to. Uh, recommend that one of these organizations get no money. Um, we were able to review the applications as well as the presentations. Um, and as you can see up here, we have a number of very good organizations. Um, we heard from them. I'll give you just a little bit of an idea of what they do. Obviously they do way more than uh, for our community than I can ever say here. But we had first the American Legion, uh, Post 1187, who does a lot of work providing uh, services for veterans in our area, as well as veterans that may be um, just coming through our town and moving on to their, wherever they're headed. Um, They provide shelter, they provide transportation, food uh, for many of them. Uh, Bridge of Hope is an organization that supports homelessness and transitional housing, especially specifically for single women and single mothers. Um, And I'll explain, unfortunately, why our recommendation is for for not to give them any money here. The third organization was Christ Episcopal Church. The reason they requested this money is that they work with Cass Rock Elementary and provide food for children who would meet uh, low or reduced lunches, or free or reduced lunches, but provide them food on the weekends, which they otherwise would not get. Um, And so that was what they requested money for. The Crisis Center helps and works with uh, survivors of domestic violence, providing housing, therapy, uh, a whole host of things uh, in our community. most of their referrals and most of their clients come from Castle Rock and the greater Douglas and Douglas County. The Help and Hope Center, uh, again, helps uh, a lot with food and people who have food instability in our community, uh, providing them that basic sustenance. And New Hope Presbyterian also asked for um, funding which helps their benevolence fund specifically looking at helping people pay for light bill, power bills, heating bills, uh, especially important as we come to these winter months. Um, this is our recommendation, um, four thousand dollars for the American Legion, two thousand dollars for Christ Episcopal Church, seventeen five for the Crisis Center, as well as seventeen five for help and hope, and four thousand for New Hope Presbyterian. Um, our recommendation for I guess essentially excluding Bridge of Hope is that when we took into account everything, um, we did not feel that Bridge of Hope was going to service the Castle Rock community as much as these other uh, organizations do. And so in line with the requirements of the Philip S. Miller uh, grant program, we felt that this would be our recommendation um, and that these organizations help benefit the Castle or the town of Castle Rock and the members of Castle Rock the most. And I'm happy to take any uh, questions. Um, or any comments. I don't have, if I don't have any <laughs> the answers, I know that we have representatives from, I think almost all these organizations here that may be able to chime in.
0: First, I wanna thank uh, Nate and Pete. Um, Pete or Nate, are there um, presentations tonight or not? Uh, no, Mayor, there are not. Okay, Laura Cady.
7: Um, being the town council liaison to the Public Safety Commission, um, I know they worked very hard on this. Um, I was on via call, um, they went through every single one. They talked about it in depth, um, and I fully support their recommendation. And I appreciate all the hard work that you guys put into it. Thank you.
4: Sorry, Max Brooks. No, that's fine. Uh, thank you. That feedback is, is valuable um, because you look at it and you think, okay we probably have a lot of questions about why couldn't you shave some off here or go goes somewhere else. And so I have to trust just from my own personal opinion, I have to trust the process. I have to trust that, that you all went through that very carefully, very, very diligently, uh, and you were part of that process as well. We have to trust uh, those recommendations and know that you did that work behind the scenes. So I, I know it's difficult. Thank you. Thank
0: you. And I know that we, uh, <clears throat> as a council, and as a town, received a lot of letters and, and uh, requests as well from uh, these organizations. So we do appreciate the feedback and, and you guys reaching out to us. And again, thanks for you guys' hard work. Um, I don't have anybody signed up. If someone likes to come up and speak, uh, you're more than welcome to come and speak. Seeing none, we don't have anybody online. Do, oh, sorry, I should say, do we have anybody online? <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. And with that, we'll bring it back to town council for a possible motion and discussion.
7: I move to approve the public safety commission's recommendation and award the two thousand twenty-four Philip S. Miller Resource Grant Program monies as follows: Second, um, American Legion Post eleven eighty-seven four thousand, Christ Episcopal Church two thousand, Crisis Center seventeen five. Help and Hope Center, 175 New Hope Presbyterian Church, 4000.
0: Thank you, and we do have a second. Any further discussion? I just want to say thanks again. I know it's a lot of work. Um, I do appreciate the, our council member liaison, and plus everybody else that are here who works really hard on that. Uh, thanks again, and roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollingson. Aye. Councilmember Kavy. Yes. Councilmember Bracken. Yes. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Lafleur. Aye. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. Number twenty-three resolution two thousand twenty-three one thirty-four resolution approving a downtown historic grants to Castle Rock Chamber Foundation and J and L Rental LLC. Tara.
13: Um, This is a presentation on our downtown historic preservation grants. I do have with me tonight, Brad Bolin, our long range planner. So if we have difficult Uh, historic preservation questions we'll turn it over to brad Um, but just as a refresher on our uh, historic preservation grant program just for downtown um, this was intended to support property improvements that help maintain the historic character of the downtown area Uh, in 2023 we budgeted a total of fifty thousand dollars for this program Um, each grant is not allowed to exceed more than twenty five thousand dollars of matching funds uh, per project per calendar year Um, If the eligible project uh, was related to exterior work or maintenance of the mechanical systems, uh, the town grant can match up to 50% of their work. If it's related to roof repair, it can can match up to 25%. uh, But these funds are not utilized for interior work. Um, grant reimbursement happens after the project is constructed and open. And then the properties that go through this program do uh, encumber the property with a historic preservation easement uh, to the town. So uh, touch a little bit more on the history. This is a newer policy we put in place uh, in November of 2020, uh, excuse me, that town council put in place. Uh, We typically run two grant rounds per year. uh, If there's uh, funds remaining, Staff reviews the applications, uh, takes to historic preservation board where they uh, further review and then provides a recommendation to council. I just wanted to also point out that this is separate from two smaller um, historic uh, restoration and local landmark structure restoration grants that we have. The two applicants we have this year um, are, will be presented. So Castle Rock Chamber Foundation is at 420 Jerry Street. Uh, it is at the southeast corner of Jerry and Fifth Street. Uh, Victoria Christensen was one of the most notable residents in the home, so sometimes it's referred to as Christensen House or Victoria's House. Uh, so a little bit about um, the structure. It's a two-story rhyolite building. It was uh, built in 1889. Uh, it is locally landmarked. Uh, In the images, the image on the left is from the early 1990s, um, and then a more recent 2023 photo is on the right. Um, For this request, they're requesting $8,210 for their roof replacement, and that represents 25% match uh, to the work that they're doing. And again, these funds get paid out after the project is completed. Uh, the second applicant is the Cantrell Courthouse at 310 Fourth Street. Uh, this is a uh, southeast of the intersection of Willcox and Fourth. Um, it faces Fourth Street, so it's really the building behind B&B if you're trying to picture where that is. Um, it was originally built in 1890 by William Cantrell, and it was used as the first Douglas County Courthouse. Um, I believe it did originally face what we call the courthouse square now it faced wilcox um, and it was moved in 1920 uh, further east on the lot to make way um, for the other buildings along uh, wilcox so some images uh, the picture on the left um, is uh, really the alley is what you see there you're you're on fourth street looking I'll say Southwest uh, with the alley to the left there. Uh, You can see the image there about um, 1995 on that image. And then the image on the right is really what it looks like today. Uh, So this building is not locally landmark, but it does have a lot of historical significance to the area. Uh, Their request is for $7,146. That's for replacement cost of nine second story windows and represents 50% of the cost of the project. So when we get multiple applications, um, we do look at the grant criteria and prioritization that council approved in in, uh, 2020. There's a variety of items that are used to rank. So if you are landmarked, you do get a higher ranking than a non landmark property, uh, but a non landmark property is eligible, especially uh, if there's need for restoration of it um, and help preserving uh, the structure. Uh, its location is also touched on, whether it's facing courthouse square or if it's in the downtown core, um, if it's owned or leased by a nonprofit organization. So there's a variety of criteria that are used to rank. Um, in this case, both of these projects um, do meet uh, various criteria and are eligible uh, for the funds. Uh, the two grants combined to just over $15,300. Uh, and we do have the budget capacity to award both grants. Um, staff presented this to the Historic Preservation Board on October 4th, and they voted four to zero to recommend approval to council tonight um, for both of these applications. So happy to answer um, any questions you may have on it. Uh, we do have a proposed motion uh, referencing uh, the resolution as introduced by title
0: questions for tara staff um it looks really good a lot of it a lot of it uh we've, we've gone over this kind of thing before i guess my other question would be um are there any reservations from staff at all
13: not at all uh, uh brad uh, and our staff members work closely with both property owners um, and very excited to see uh, investment in these downtown properties
0: Okay, thank you very much. I will now open this to the public. I have no one to speak. Um, someone wants to speak? Please approach the podium and speak in a microphone and online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone callers to press star three and please state your name and whether you're a resident, non-resident or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we're back to the town council for thorough discussion and a motion, Desi.
8: I just wanna say I'm glad to see different stakeholders investing in their properties even through these grants as we continue to grow and add new buildings. It's important we keep the maintenance updated on on the old ones too. So I wanted to uh, move to approve the resolution as introduced by title.
7: Second in a comment, um, I find this kind of stuff very rewarding that we can give back to the community um, that we try and keep that small-town charm that we try and keep our historic buildings intact um, And that we have the ability to do this for them I, I just think it's a it's a wonderful thing that we as council are able to do so. I appreciate it
0: Thank you any further comment roll call vote, please
1: Councilmember Hollingson aye councilmember Mcavy yes councilmember Bracken yes Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor Partem LeFleur? Aye. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. Moving on to quasi-judicial hearings, the following items are due process hearings required by Colorado law. In order to afford all parties due process under law, town council members must be fair and impartial deciding the application should be approved, approved with conditions, or denied. In making a determination, each council member must consider for the record, which includes a planning commission recommendation, staff recommendation, applicant presentation, public comment presented during and before the hearing and written public um, comments before or during the hearing. Under law, town council must evaluate proposed based solely on the record of the criteria established under municipal code, which is highlighted in the staff report. It is important that each council member remain objective and capable of considering information offered into the record for during the hearing. If any council member believes that he or she is not capable of evaluating and voting on this application consistent with these due process requirements, please describe the situation and recuse yourself from further participation. Does any council member believe that they have a conflict of interest on in any other matter of this that she or he would like to disclose prior to the meeting? Madam Clerk, has a public hearing been properly noticed under applicable regulations for these types of land use hearings?
1: Mayor, yes, it has.
0: Thank you. The council will now hear from the applicant and the public and the staff and, and public comment will be taken in a limited to four minutes per speaker. Co- council will be accepting written online comments submitted at crgov.com backslash council comments by 1, today, 1 p.m. today to be entered into the record. Number 24, Resolution 2023 S-135, resolution approving the site development plan for unity on Park Street, multifamily residential housing project, lot three, Park West, First Amendment. Tara?
13: All right. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Uh, this is a use-by-special review site development plan uh, for uh, the property located at 884 Park Street. Uh, you can see on the vicinity map that this is south of Wolfensburger Road and just east of Park Street. It is the location of the previous La Quinta uh, Inn & Suites. Uh, this property was originally annexed into the town in 1966. It is in our B-Zone uh, for business commercial. It allows a variety of retail, restaurant, hotel uses. Um, A residential use for multifamily is allowed through this use by special review site development plan process. So it's not a a straight out permitted right, but it is not a prohibited um, use. Uh, It is a use that was contemplated um, as could go in this area, but it would need to come before council to uh, go through how um, it was site planned. Uh, and how the the use is being mitigated. So let me give you a little overview of it. Um, uh, Surrounding properties include the McDonald's and retail center on the west side of the property, uh, NITEC heating and cooling is to the north. Uh, The Quality Inn & Suites, uh, which I mentioned in a previous pre-application, is to the east. And to the south is the Castle Oaks Oaks Covenant Church and where where the Wellsprings Community uh, headquarters are located. Uh, So this is just uh, next door to to where they currently are. So, Wellsprings is partnering with Douglas County Housing Partnership um, on this renovation. So, uh, the lot's just over, just under one and a half acres in size. As I mentioned, it currently is the existing La Quinta Inn. So, it's an existing building that exists today, uh, just over 12,000 square feet, uh, three stories in height, uh, and it's at 30 feet. Uh, the zoning allows uh, 35, but it's built at 30. Now they're looking to convert the 60 plus hotel rooms to 42 units of housing, Uh, 22 would be studio units and 20 would be one bedroom units. this application did submit under our previous multifamily parking requirement, so I do want to mention that. Uh, under those requirements, uh, which they're subject to, uh, studios require one space per unit, and uh, one bedrooms are uh, 1.5. Uh, so under those regulations, they're required to have 63 on-site parking spaces. Uh, they are providing 66. Um, I will say that the majority of the tenants at this building um, will not drive um, also, so staff finds that this is more than sufficient uh, parking for this project. Um, Overall, the project is proposing that all of the units be between uh, 30 to 80% of the uh, area median income uh, at the rates, and that's part of their program with Douglas County Housing Partnership. And over, uh, or approximately 50% of the units will uh, be reserved for folks with disabilities. Uh, The applicant is here tonight and will give a great presentation um, outlining um, what, Uh, their clientele looks like and the folks that would be residing in this um, building a little bit on the community outreach Uh, there were uh, three neighborhood meetings held to date you can see the dates um, on the screen one prior to application and two throughout the application process and you can see the attendance a little summary of some of the questions and feedback that were asked a lot of it had to do with the timing of the project um, potential traffic impacts Um, and just really how to be involved and stay up to date as the project evolved Um, so a lot of um, uh, some interest on it at the meetings Um, a lot of good questions so, and I, I apologize. I meant to introduce Brianna Simons when I uh, sat down similar to Brad. Brianna Simons is our senior planner. She's uh, with us tonight and she has been working with the applicant on this uh, for quite some time. So she can uh, answer additional questions if I'm unable to, but based on the staff analysis and our review criteria in both, uh, well, in the comprehensive master plan, as well as the two different code sections uh, in l 17 that govern use by special reviews and site development plans, uh, staff finds that this project meets those, that criteria. Uh, Planning Commission reviewed this at their October 26th hearing and voted six to zero to recommend approval of this project to town council. Um, I do want to point out that there is a a second agenda item just after this, it is separate, uh, but there is a request for a fee waiver related to town fees, um, but that will be the next agenda item. Uh, It is independent of this uh, decision, and this decision is based on the analysis uh, on the code. Thank you. So with that, I have a proposed motion for your consideration to approve the resolution as introduced by title. Uh, We also have the applicant with us this evening um, who has a great presentation to make, uh, as well as I know some public that would like to speak. So I'm happy to answer any questions now or um, answer them after the applicant and public have spoken.
0: Any questions for Tara now before the presentation? Seeing none with other presentation.
13: All right, I'll turn it over to um, Nicole DeVries with Wellsprings, as well as um, Artie Leal with the Douglas County Housing Partnership. And Shannon.
18: Uh, good evening council my name is nicole devries i'm the executive director at wellspring community i am also a castle rock resident i reside at 1658 Cherokee mountain circle
19: and i'm marty Lale. i'm the deputy director of the douglas county housing partnership and we are the housing authority for douglas county town of Castle rock town of parker city of lone tree city of castle pines
18: Um, Like Tara mentioned, this is a unique partnership between Wellspring Community, a new nonprofit called Wellspring Housing, and the Douglas County Housing Partnership. Um, We're going to tell you a little bit about um, each of us, uh, our organizations, and, and what this project means to this community.
19: So at the Housing Partnership, our mission is to achieve economically thriving communities by preserving, providing, and developing housing choices in Douglas County, Colorado. Our vision is to create and sustain communities through innovative partnerships and entrepreneurial approaches to housing, which this particular project fits that mission and vision statement to a T. Um,
18: Wellspring community is, a community that exists to celebrate and um, honor adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. It was—it's a Castle Rock nonprofit started 15 years ago here in Castle Rock, um, and we. Um, do what we do because of the support that we receive from Castle Rock, from the town of Castle Rock, and from the partnerships that we have here in this community. Every day we run a day program um, where adults in our program are encouraged to learn and grow through educational and enrichment opportunities. We have a um, work opportunities program that includes a bakery, um, an art studio, and um, you can see some of our um, participants at the bakery and the art studio in these pictures. Um, but we also um, employ 38 um, individuals with idd at the castle rock collective down on Perry street where we have a a coffee shop Um, while our day program and our work opportunities are incredible programs um, what weighs most on the minds of our families the parents of the participants in our program is what will happen to their loved one when they're no longer able to take care of them Um, In the state of Colorado, there's over 20,000 adults um, with IDD that live with caregivers over the age of 60. Um, So this is not just an issue for Wellspring families, it's a statewide issue, Um, but the approval of this project, the um, beginning of, Wellspring Housing Strategic Plan to help address the residential and housing needs that are present for our families is truly um, innovative and it's exciting. What it is providing is hope for our families so that there will be solutions for residential care and housing for their loved ones as they begin to age. Um, so I am very grateful to um, the town of Castle Rock for playing a part in what um, we're trying to do here. And I truly believe that it is gonna put Castle Rock on the map in terms of being a town uh, that is helping to address what is going to become a statewide issue here very soon um, and I not only believe that it will help castle rock or or that it'll help wellspring families and stars but i i believe that it changes our community and i believe that castle rock is a better community because we fully include adults with idd in our community and in what we do here every day there are several um there's actually lots of people here tonight that are here to support um uh, this project and what we're trying to do and so i'd like if you are here to support this if you would just stand up so town council can see who is here in support of this project these are the faces of families of parents of our participants they call themselves our stars we have volunteers we have partners and um, community members that that um, that want this to happen and that are here to show their gratitude for you to for helping to make it happen so thank you
19: Um, THE REASON FOR THE HOUSING AUTHORITY'S INVOLVEMENT IN THIS IS BECAUSE OF THE AFFORDABILITY COMPONENT. WHEN YOU'RE TALKING ABOUT FOLKS WITH IDD, uh, IN ORDER FOR THEM TO LIVE INDEPENDENTLY, THEY'RE NOT GOING TO BE ABLE TO AFFORD THE the RENTS THAT ARE TYPICALLY SERVED HERE IN Castle ROCK AND DOUGLAS COUNTY. AND EVEN THOUGH WE ARE A HOUSING AUTHORITY WITH A LOT OF RESOURCES, THIS PROJECT WAS SPECIAL. Um, IN ORDER TO SERVE THESE FOLKS, WE HAD TO GET EXTRA LOW RENTS AND ON A SMALLER PROJECT THAN WE'RE USED TO to WORKING WITH. AND THAT MEANT THAT WE HAD TO DIG DEEP, AND WE'VE uh, uh, PARTNERED WITH DOUGLAS COUNTY, WHO'S PROVIDED OVER 3.5 MILLION IN GRANT FUNDS, THE STATE OF COLORADO, WHO'S PROVIDED MORE THAN 4 MILLION IN GRANT FUNDS, AND WE HAVE ASKED YOU, uh, THE TOWN OF Cass ROCK, IF YOU COULD HELP US ALSO BY waiving. Uh, DEVELOPMENT IMPACT and PERMIT FEES TOTALING A LITTLE MORE THAN $600,000 FOR THIS PROJECT, ALL OF WHICH IS NECESSARY BECAUSE IN ORDER FOR US TO DO THIS, THE HOUSING AUTHORITY ITSELF AND WELLSPRING HAVE BOTH CHIPPED IN MONEY, Uh, THE CONTRACTOR HAS TAKEN $200,000 OFF OF HIS BILL, EVEN THE TITLE COMPANY THREW IN $10,000 in free services just to get this deal done Um, and then our part also was to issue government bonds from the housing authority to create a loan that we could actually afford the most we can borrow on this project is three million dollars the most interest rate we could afford on that three million dollars was four percent and we got that in this crazy market Um, the financing was my primary job Uh, THE PEOPLE IS NICOLE'S AND uh, THE HOUSING AUTHORITY WILL OPERATE THE PROPERTY FROM A a PROPERTY MANAGEMENT STANDPOINT HAVING STAFF ON SITE COLLECTING rents, TAKING CARE OF MAINTENANCE AND ALL OF THOSE ISSUES BUT NICOLE'S TEAM WILL HAVE FOLKS ON SITE 24 BY 7 ACTING AS RESIDENT SERVICE ADVISORS um, WHO WILL HELP THOSE WHO HAVE IDD LIVE INDEPENDENTLY. And I kind of just talked right through my entire slide. Um, <laughs>
0: um, any questions? <laughs> so Nicole and, and Artie, I know that all of us, I think I know, I know the answer, but before our audience people online, can you tell us um, uh, what percentage is gonna be IDD and what percentage is not? And then how are you gonna vet the ones who are not IDD?
19: So, um, because of fair housing laws, we can't designate it specifically for IDD. It's designated for the disabled. However, our wait list already has 70 stars on it, so I'm pretty sure that's where we're gonna head. Um, 50% of the units are reserved for those with disabilities. Now that's not to say that more than 50% could have disabilities, but that's the reservation. The other 50% would be open to anyone who could uh, qualify for the rents. We expect uh, those affordable units um, probably will go to, um, some of them will go to caregivers and some of them probably seniors. Uh, The wait list two blocks away at Auburn Ridge is 230 people deep so i imagine we'll cannibalize some of their wait list um and the, the idea is to get integrated housing because if we want 100 percent idd now you're talking institution and it's not quite the same thing uh, this is about independent living this is about thriving and studies have shown integrated housings the, the methodology for that and the state would approve us at about a 50 50 ratio for the medicaid waivers that we need to help fund the idd
0: portion yeah Thank you very much. Any more questions for, uh, for Ari or Nicole or staff? Oh, Desi, go ahead.
8: Thanks, you guys, for all your hard work. Your gala was the best I've ever attended. You guys <laughs> just knocked it out, so thank you. Um, do you guys mind touching just a little bit more, because I know there's been up in the community a lot of questions about the combo with the housing mm-hmm. and just kind of what process you guys are gonna take to assure that that's a good fit.
18: Yeah, so we have a um, pretty stringent tenant selection program um, that Artie and Maria have helped us develop. Um, So we want to make sure that the the individuals living in that facility are a good fit for um, the vulnerable population that we work with at um, Wellspring. So background checks will happen and because of the income requirements, everybody will be employed or at least make a certain amount of money. So we feel confident um, that we can fill those other rooms with people like seniors are um, nurses, teachers, those that are struggling to find um, housing here in Douglas County. Is
8: there any requirement for those tenants to be a part of the STARS? No. No. Okay. No.
19: But they will be encouraged, and there will be a lot of full-on community events to in, uh, foster that integrated community. And I do want to touch on security. Given the special population that we intend to serve, uh, the building's going to have double and triple layered security more than we even do on our senior properties, just to make sure that um, beyond the screening, we actually have on site security that is um, adequate.
18: More Thank than, you. More than that. More than that.
19: Thank you.
4: <laughs> Max? Uh, it, despite our best efforts to go through any of the um, questions that we may anticipate the public might have this evening, I, I think that there's still probably be a lot of uh, curiosity, concern, maybe about, about the project itself. So uh, do you have, you know, I, I imagine a website, right, where we could direct people to say, look, if you have questions about the project, if you'd like to learn more about the project, you know, you can go here and do so, because I I know that there have been some questions that have popped up in social media and i don't want anybody in social media land answering those questions aside from saying hey go here to learn about it go to the uh, source
18: yeah we will put a link on uh wellspring communities website that will go directly to wellspring housing and it will address the the questions that that do come up but thanks max
0: councilmember
2: Rackin. thank you Mayor. yeah so um I've been to a bunch of your events and your shop a bunch and, um, and your organization's amazing. I love it. Um, I do have a question. Um, so the the zoning should um, Wellspring want to make a change and sell their, um, you know, sell their business or vacate. Um, I guess the, the question is really for the town attorney that, that the uh, the zoning type would follow wellspring, correct, and 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 not the property.
14: Well, uh, the property zoning is the uh, the zoning that uh, um, uh, uh, underlies the property. We are we're approving a, a use by special right, so that is particular to the uh, uh, the property here in this in this use. Uh, so. Um, it can be used for that purpose.
20: Okay, so I I can
14: also uh,
19: address uh, through our financing, because that's, again, my big part of this, the state is going to require a 20-year land use restriction agreement. We're not even gonna be able to change the land use for 20 years, just under the financing conditions,
2: let alone zoning laws. Mm -hmm.
14: That's good to know. There's always those uh, covenants and tax exempt deals. (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah so yeah exactly so god forbid if something went wrong where you had to make a change and it's we're essentially protected with that area is is my
0: question so yeah thank you thank you any further questions from from staff if we're going to public comment council thank you i do have thank you guys i do have uh damon bunch up next
21: Good evening, council I think this bill should pass because it gives us um, stars with IDD a chance to show the world that we are more than what people think, and that it gives us a way in the world. It gives us hope. It gives us a future. It gives us the long-term life we've always wanted, and that will go. It will make it will make this town go so far, and showing that will it will I don't know it will just be amazing, and so it will further well education and it will make our bonds stronger and it just we can really strive out of it and i feel in my heart that this would be really good for us and this is what we should do and i mean all the stars that are here tonight will agree that this is something that should be passed and this is something that shouldn't be looked up on because we are coming and we're going to show the world that we are more and that we are something that is like a line and we're gonna roar and we're gonna show power and we're gonna show that independence. So thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you, Damien. <clears throat> <clears throat> I have no one else to speak on this um, item on the agenda, but if someone would like to come up and speak on this item on the agenda, but please feel free to come up and speak on it. Seeing none, we have anybody online that speak? Thank you. I think we can bring it back to town council for comment and hopefully a motion.
4: Move to approve the resolution as introduced by title.
6: Second.
0: Uh, first by Max Brooks, uh, second by Ryan Holland said, I'd like to speak in favor of the motion. Um, I have the distinct pleasure of being involved with Wellspring long before I was mayor. Uh, it's a great, great uh, community um, that has integrated itself uh, into Castle Rock in amazing ways. Um, they, they, before they had their own cafe, now they have their own cafe, but before they had their own cafe, they would come to uh, my coffee shop at least once a week. And it was always fantastic to have them in the shop and be around us of so the energy that they provide. Um, what they provide this community, I believe um, transcends dollar and cents that really does. And so I do really appreciate it. Any further comment? Max Brooks. Uh, just
4: thank you to everybody coming together to make this happen from Castle Oaks Covenant Church to Douglas County Housing Partnership. I have the pleasure of working with the housing partnership as a liaison and am continually amazed at the work that they do there that Artie and Maria do for Douglas County and for Castle Rock. I mean they are they are here in front of us on a fairly regular basis. Um, and this is this is an amazing project and um absolutely supported as well. Thank you.
0: Any further comment? I was going to say I, I, I'm, I thank you again, and I know that we're all extremely impressed with Wellspring what they do in our community.
8: Yeah, they've made our community so proud.
0: Yeah, roll call vote, please.
8: Councilmember hollingson
0: Aye.
1: Councilmember K.V. Yes. Councilmember Bracken. Yes. Councilmember Brooks.
0: Aye.
1: Councilmember Deeds.
3: Absolutely.
1: Mayor Pro Tem Yes. Mayor Gray.
0: Yes, and I'd like to give the uh, Wellspring community a round of applause. Thank you, now moving on to something else with the well-screen community is twenty number 25, resolution 2023-136, resolution approving the fee waiver for the unity on Park Street, multi-family um, residential housing development, Tara.
13: All right, thank you. Um, so um, I wanted to keep this as a separate item, just simply because it was not part of the site development plan specifically, um, and legally really, um, but obviously it is related. I won't repeat all of the information on this slide, but uh, this is a request uh, for the waiver of town fees related to their project. Um, as you can see um, in the middle of this screen, um, all of the units will be offered at attainable rates um, and half the units will be set aside uh, for those with disabilities. Uh, rents are expected to range from $615 a month up to $1,436 a month. Um, and as um, Artie mentioned, there'll be Wellspring staff members on site 24 uh, seven as needed. A little bit about the funding, um, uh, and this was, was all in the uh, letter request that's uh, included as a part of the agenda packet. Uh, Douglas County supported the project at $3.5 million, uh, the state of Colorado at four, um, and as already mentioned, uh, the contractor and the title company have both reduced their fees in support of it. Uh, total project costs are estimated to be uh, just over $11.3 million. Uh, the total town fees on the project are just over $660,000. That includes permitting impact and system development fees. Uh, In the town code, there are two different places that provide council the authority to waive attainable uh, FEES RELATED TO A HOUSING PROJECT. Um, TITLE THREE HAS A SECTION uh, REGARDING it, uh, IT BEING ELIGIBLE UP TO 100% REDUCTION IN FEES. Um, AND THEN IN uh, TITLE 13 WE HAVE A SECTION uh, SPECIFIC TO SYSTEM DEVELOPMENT FEES. Uh, THIS PROJECT IS A QUALIFYING ATTAINABLE HOUSING PROJECT PER THE DEFINITIONS IN THE TOWN CODE uh, AND IS ELIGIBLE uh, TO REQUEST THE FEE WAIVER. A little history of past use of the fee waiver uh, sections of the code, we have provided partial fee waivers for Oakwood uh, Senior Homes. their phase two, which added 45 additional attainable housing units to the community. Uh, Auburn Ridge provided 90 attainable housing units and the Meadowmark project was our most recent one that provided 200 attainable senior housing units. Uh, So you can see we have had a history of some uh, approvals related to these. Uh, We have also approved um, fee waivers on some other projects as part of a economic assistant packages downtown uh, mercantile commons riverwalk and encore um, the difference in some of those is those funds were paid back through some of the downtown tax increment financing um, so we could make some of these fees whole by other uh, uses, such as the general fund or economic development fund. However, town code does not require that. Uh, In this specific case, uh, excuse me, this slide shows the breakdown of the town fees, specifically permitting um, and other fees, uh, impact fees to parks and recreation, Um, is a big part of that. Uh, And then you see the other impact fees as well as the transportation impact fee, both being uh, kind of the large portions of that $660,000. These fees are all based on the current 2023 fee schedule, uh, which is what they will be subject to um, if they're able to pull their building permit in the next few weeks. Uh, staff does recommend approval of this full fee waiver uh, for $661,300, excuse me, $365. Uh, we do have a recommended requirement in our agreement uh, and resolution that they would pull their building permit by December 31st of this year. Uh, they are on track to do that, uh, and their uh, major milestone uh, was getting through the site development plan approval just a few minutes ago. Uh, the funds uh, for this request are not planned to be repaid from any other funding source. uh, So these funds will just mark that as lost revenue. So happy to answer uh, any questions you may have on it. Uh, Don't have a separate application or a separate presentation from the applicant, but I think Artie spoke to all of that, and I'm sure he's happy to answer any additional questions if you have them.
0: Any questions for Tara staff or for Wellspring staff? Seeing none, I have no time to speak. If someone wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak to the microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone and callers press star three, and please state your name and whether you're a resident, non-resident, or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, bring, that down, town, bring it back to town council for a possible motion and discussion.
8: Mayor, I move to approve the Resolution. Resolution is introduced by title. Thanks. Thanks. Second.
0: I have a first by uh, Mayor Pro Tem uh, De Lafleur. A second by Councilmember K.V any further discussion max brooks
4: uh, just quickly to weigh in kind of in the same way that I very much appreciated uh, councilwoman Kavy's comments about you know the, the public safety because you sit on that on that board I, I just want to just throw in my two cents on this since I am the liaison to the Douglas County Housing Partnership this project doesn't happen without this waiver um, Artie and Maria are absolute magicians They're coming up with money if they could come up with the variants here to cover it. They would have they've exhausted everything. It's simply this is something that that needs to happen. I'm not a huge fan of, of seeing transportation fees waived because those are funds that we very, very much need in the town. Um, we're behind the eight ball on that. However, I just wanted to you know, there's been due diligence done there and, and truly if we support this project, we've got to support this piece because it won't happen otherwise.
0: Thank you. Ryan Hollinshead.
6: I want to echo the same thing with Artie and your team. I mean, that's um, incredible how you pull together all the different groups to help our community. And it's not a small chuck and change, um, but I think of all the things that we may argue about in our community, we talked about just at, at dinner right before this, that this is something everybody can get behind and everybody's excited to do it. So uh, thanks for, for doing the right thing.
0: We do have a first and second roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Kavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken. Yes. Councilmember Brooks.
0: Aye.
1: Councilmember D. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Lafleur. Aye. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank
0: you. I will read the the following two items in uh, together, um, but we will vote on them separately. Number 26, Ordinance 2023-33, Ordinance Annexing the Town of Castle Rock, uh, Colorado's uh, 73.76 acres of land, located on the north half of Section 26, Township 7 Range, 67 west of Six Principal Meridian, Douglas County, Colorado, pursuant annexation petition submitted by Uh, 455, Alexander, LLC, Tierra Investments, LLC. Uh, Number 27, Order 2023-34, Orders Approving the Initial Zoning for 73.76 acres of land located in the north half of Section 26, Township 7. 7 South Range of the, of the 67 West and 7th Principal um, Meridian, Douglas County, Colorado, pursuant to zoning application submitted by 455 Alexander LLC, Tierra Investors uh, LLC, approving rezoning of the 4.2 acre parcel of land adjacent thereto tara
13: all right thank you happy to be back in front of you this evening Uh, this is for a proposed uh, annexation and associated uh, rezoning plan development plan and zoning regulation for alexander way Uh, this Property is located um, really northeast of the Home Depot and uh, Sprouts Perry Pizza Plaza. So you can see that it's north of uh, Founders Parkway um, and really tucked up uh, back behind that uh, commercial plaza and just below the ridge with Diamond Ridge. Uh, it is surrounded by the town of Castle Rock on primarily um, almost three sides, um, two different areas here. So I wanna talk about uh, the majority of it, 73.76 acres is proposed to be annexed into the town. Uh, There is an additional 4.2 acre parcel on this uh, lower east side um, that is already in the town, but it is proposed to be included as a part of the rezoning uh, to bring some of their proposed open space together under cohesive zoning. as you can also see in the slide, I'm um, an unincorporated Douglas County. Uh, the residential um, development of Silver Heights is located just to the west. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, Diamond Ridge is located along the eastern side. Uh, the property to the south is um, Alexander um, Place um, as well as a, a stub out of the road there for Alexander Place. Little history on the annexation process. Uh, Their annexation petition was filed in September of 2021. Uh, They did go through the required state uh, statute meetings for substantial compliance as well as eligibility. Uh, So since the end of uh, 2021, we've been working with the applicant on the zoning um, and on the variety of uh, neighborhood meetings and uh, some plan changes that they've made over that time. Um, On October uh, 26th of this year, their annexation and zoning uh, was heard before the Planning Commission. I think I already touched on most of the existing conditions um, around the property, but this is a slightly closer image of it. Um, The property does slope, uh, if you're you're up at Diamond Ridge area, there is a steep ridge on this eastern side of the property and it generally slopes down to the west um, uh, from that area. And it does slope down to the northwest as well. It's generally at the end of Brewer Court, which is the uh, small little um, paved street uh, just adjacent to Perry's Pizza. Overall, the plan development plan is proposing uh, residential uses. um, And I'll I'll touch through these and the applicant will also probably walk through a lot of this also. Overall, it's 77 units that's proposed. Um, In the yellow area, um, planning area one, uh, single family uh, detached homes, so 55 large lots. uh, And in the smaller pink area, PA2, as proposed 22 live work units. Overall, the project has a density of just under one dwelling unit per acre. So they're 0.987 dwelling units per acre. Uh, the PL2 open space uh, land that's identified in green um, is over 31.25 acres and represents 40% of the property. Uh, they'll also have an internal uh, one and a half acre neighborhood park. Uh, so this this um, aerial uh, in yellow shows that a larger lot where the 55 large lot, single family detached homes are proposed. Uh, The minimum lot size here is a half acre, which for Castle Rock is quite large. Uh, It's uh, larger than our typical average uh, lot size. Um, Also wanted to point out that this uh, section of homes uh, do back to Silver Heights and the applicant worked on setting some larger rear setbacks along that area uh, at the request of some of the adjacent neighbors. Planning area um, to the live work unit. So that's down at the southwestern corner of the property It uh, really helps act as a buffer from the busier commercial um, Spaces that are in that area today. Uh, so on this five and a half acres uh, 22 live work units are proposed um, Those are either going to be attached or detached homes. So you could picture them as paired homes where the first floor generally is available for a business uh, So a little bit more uh, intense uses than we would typically allow with home occupancy Occupation, but you could run a small beauty or nail salon, a barber, hair shop um, out of that um, space that's your workspace. It could also be for group classes, whether they're music classes or dance yoga classes. Um, you could also run a typical um, you know, architecture engineer, a uh, small office or an insurance agency out of it. Uh, they are limited to having not more than five non-resident employees on the property. Uh, so this is an interesting concept. We had some questions on if this is allowed in other places in town, um, it generally, is in the downtown area and the front street overlay I know allows it, uh, but no one's really actually, really fully built it or or done it yet. So uh, we do see this as a unique um, and just housing choice for the town and just providing a neighborhood that's got a different option for those that are interested. But you also know that that's what's allowed in the area. Right, so that that should be helpful uh, for neighbors to know what the neighbors are doing. Um, This graphic shows the open space. uh, The property has it in the lighter green in the middle of the slide, uh, but also highlighted our surrounding open space track. so you can see how uh, their proposed open space track connects uh, and touches the Diamond Ridge open space above it, uh, connects to some uh, town-owned open space to the south, and then just further down is the larger um, Metzer Ranch open space areas. Uh, so they um, will also be putting in a park on their property, as well as um, how they're tracked it out, allow that opportunity for a trail on their southern uh, boundary. So why annex? Uh, What are the benefits to the town uh, to annex and zone this property? Um, I'll start with the last bullet, which is really that the town gets to control the growth patterns on the property and make sure it develops to town standards. Um, As a part of the work we've been doing with the applicant, uh, they are proposing to um, dedicate excess groundwater rights to the town. So they are proposing their the water rights under their property as well as additional water rights that the owner has. Uh, They are not required to bring renewable water, Uh, so they are identified as an infill property, Uh, but again, they are bringing additional water to the town, water rights. Uh, They are proposing 40% open space, which is above our requirement of a 20% minimum open space, and we feel this is quality open space and allows for some connection to some other uh, very quality open space in the area. Uh, It does qualify as a logical infill of property. Uh, There had been anticipated development on this property at some time when Brewer Court was built, uh, but it didn't um, come to fruition until now. Uh, We do find that it has an appropriate transition to existing development, and the housing types are compatible with uh, both what's in Silver Heights and Diamond Ridge. Uh, The live-work units do provide, um, I call it a unique housing type. It it is used in other communities and other parts of the state also, uh, but it'll be a unique um, area for those 22 units in the town. I want to touch on the development agreement. That's a contractual legal agreement that the town enters into when property is annexed in the town. Uh, This is not an item you're voting on tonight, uh, but at the next council meeting, if this moves forward to second reading, uh, there will be a resolution with the development agreement attached. But I wanted to highlight and bullet out the key elements of it. Um, I already mentioned the groundwater rights being dedicated to the town, as well as the additional conveyance of groundwater rights. Uh, They'll be making uh, cash-in-lieu payments for transportation improvements. improvements, some that have already been done at Founders and Allen, and uh, any future ones at Founders in Front, as well as, I believe, converting uh, the Alexander Place and Allen, Front Street into a stop sign, uh, a four way stop there. Uh, they are conveying obviously their open space and they will be constructing and maintaining their natural surface trail system in the area and a future public land dedication at the Platte. Um, so we often do get asked, you know, why annex and what is the benefit to the town? Um, and so these are some, these fill some of those holes um, in just the logical infill as well as controlling the development patterns. A little bit on their community outreach and feedback. Uh, they've held four neighborhood meetings to date. You can see those on the, the chart on the slide, uh, starting back in 2021, before they made their submittal to the town. Uh, the bullets uh, summarize some of the questions and feedback that we've received. A lot of it had to do with dialogue with the Silver Heights neighborhood on the setbacks, uh, placement of lots. Um, would there be a trail connectivity coming into that neighborhood, which uh, there was a request to not do that. Um, I believe also the Diamond Ridge neighborhood neighborhood uh, folks had some questions to make sure that the open space was owned by the town. Um, And we do love owning open space. So we're excited about that. And then just general development questions. So with that, uh, staff has uh, completed the analysis under both the annexation requirements, as well as the uh, code sections for plan development, plan and zoning regulations, and find um, that this pro- project does meet those requirements. Um, you could see a number of them on the screen, but it is, is definitely capable of being integrated into the town system and does provide the appropriate infrastructure improvements to mitigate uh, mitigate the development. Um, Under the annexation findings, um, as the mayor mentioned, this is two separate agenda items. I'm presenting them together. So there are two separate motions in a separate section of findings. Uh, The annexation uh, findings do meet these sections of the comprehensive master plan on the screen, um, which are all listed out before you. And the plan development plan and zoning regulations also meet uh, the required section of 1734.030 of the code. And you can see those listed in A through F. With that, I have present uh, a recommendation, excuse me. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, it did go to planning commission October 26th and they voted six to zero to recommend approval of both the annexation and the plan development plan and zoning regulations to town council. There are two separate motions for your consideration. Uh, The annexation ordinance would need to be acted upon first um, before moving on to uh, the zoning ordinance. Uh, the applicant is with us this evening and does have a presentation to make and I'm happy to answer any questions now or after their presentation.
0: Questions before the uh, the presentation? Laura Kavian and Max.
7: So we obviously know and we hear it constantly in citizen surveys that continued growth and annexation is, is not something they favor. Um, and so as a council, we've talked with Dave, I think it's the consensus that it has to be giving us the herd of goats, Um, you know, Dave's phrase, Um, in order for us to even consider doing this. um, Dave, do we feel like, I haven't been a huge part of this, do we feel like we got our herd of goats?
5: I think so. If you'll go back, um, Tara, to the list there, there. Um, has A VERY GOOD QUESTION. YOU HAVE PLENARY DISCRETION AT ANNEXATION. THERE IS NO EXISTING CONTRACT, THERE IS NO EXISTING ENTITLEMENT ON THIS PROPERTY. THERE ARE SEVERAL REASONS WHY WE THINK um, ANNEXATION AND DEVELOPMENT ENTITLEMENT RIGHTS FOR THIS PROPERTY MAKE SENSE. Um, a LOT OF THEM are, are, ARE LISTED HERE. THIS IS A a PARCEL OF PROPERTY THAT IS ADJACENT TO THE SILVER HEIGHTS WATER AND SANITATION DISTRICT. IT'S POSSIBLE THAT THEY COULD PROVIDE SOME LEVEL OF SERVICE FOR THEM AND IT WOULD NOT DEVELOP TO TOWN STANDARDS. WE DON'T THINK THAT'S BENEFICIAL TO THE TOWN BECAUSE THE TOWN DOESN'T GET ANY OF THE REVENUE FROM THE, the PROPERTY EVEN THOUGH WE'RE OBVIOUSLY GOING TO BE GETTING THE TRAFFIC AND ALL of THE OTHER ITEMS THAT ARE ASSOCIATED WITH IT. SO WE THINK that, that, THAT THERE'S VALUE IN REGARDS TO IT DEVELOPING WITHIN THE TOWN AS OPPOSED TO OUTSIDE OF THE TOWN. of the property is gonna be open space. That is significantly above, it's twice the amount that is required by code.
7: May I ask a quick question about that? Absolutely, please interrupt. Is it usable open space? I mean, we're not talking about the side of a cliff.
5: We are talking about the side of a cliff and usable open space. It's a combination of both. It is the ridge there as well, but I think that's worthy of protection um, from a, um, a, a viewpoint standpoint. It, it is accessible by trail, even if you're not actually able to walk. Can't, you can climb the, the cliff, I guess, but you can't walk on it. Um, but it's it, it's it's valuable in the sense that we're preserving that that area of the cliff, and it's primarily flat area that that is very conducive toward toward trail work as well.
7: So of that forty percent, how much of it is actually usable?
5: I'd say probably. Um, more than half, is that Tara? And
13: yeah, and I think it, it's a question of, of what usable is, right? Um, we feel it also connects to um, current open space as well as potential future open space that will provide a broader uh, trail network. And I believe this slide, let me go back up to this one, um, shows a planned uh, trail connectivity through it Uh, The steepest sections are obviously um, up along this this higher point. So I would say um, 50% or just under 50% is probably accessible by trail. But while you're on that trail, you have the benefit of having this beautiful ridge above you that is all preserved in a part of the open space.
5: And and, and Councilmember, I guess we, we see value in that even if it's not walkable, it's still owned by the public and is preserved by the public. Um, it's if hard you, if you go back to that, that that list again. One of the other, uh, there's there's a couple of other I think unique aspects of of, of the the project. These are going to be larger lots. Um, Thirty thousand square feet, twenty five thousand square feet, approximately. On
7: wasn't it roughly like one ones. house almost per acre? Yes, just yeah, under point um, nine units per. Right, acre.
5: and that 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 includes obviously an acre is at forty two thousand square feet, but. I don't know if that, does that number include then right away as well?
13: Right, if you look at the gross um, 74-ish acres of the property, um, that's where that density comes into play.
5: And, and, And in my mind that, and I think in staff's mind, that's a unique housing type. We don't have very many larger lot development opportunities. It's going to be at a much slower absorption rate in the community. Um, it's not going to be um, your typical absorption rate for a home on 7,000 square feet. So for the, for the, com- for the comments that are concerned about rapid growth, this is going to be relatively slow growth because the, the, pe- people can't afford um, the, the dollar amounts for the lots and the, and the, and the home prices. It's going to be slower growth in this area, which it will also then add value from an assessed valuation. Standpoint to the community, and we don't have, even for an affluent county, we don't have very many um, larger lot development opportunities in the community. So, I, so that's a different attribute that I see of value that it, that it gets at that ask aspect of annexation, the herd of goats aspect of, of what we can ask for. The the live work units I think is something that that, that um, we're, we're learning about how people work and live. Um, and it's changing, it's changing with the pandemic. Um, I think that this is an opportunity to maybe see how this could maybe work even further in regards to some of that as well. I think it's a unique opportunity. This is a skilled developer that has a lot of experience. And I think we're gonna get a high quality um, live work unit opportunity there um, as well. So when, when, when we see the, the, the large open space, the opportunity to connect with other open space, the fact that it could be developed outside of the town Um, all of those different aspects are this is something that we think that we can recommend favorably particularly given the fact that when we hear the complaint about fast growth this is going to be relatively slow i mean it's not i'm not saying we we wanted to i'm not trying to put a curse on it that's going to so it's not going to happen but it's not going to happen at at the rate of 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 a of a neighborhood where we've seen where it's just house after house it's probably largely custom build type Type homes on larger estate. I don't want to say estate type, but it's larger lot type development. All, all of that, I think, lends itself towards saying, "Yeah, this is something different." We're getting more open space, more property owned by the public that can't be developed on, in, in preserving that. So, from all of that, the, the the balance is, "Yeah, this is something. This is not a cookie cutter, more of the same, same old, same old. This is different." and that there's, there's value in bringing this into the community at, at, at this point. Um, there, there's significant concessions, their Metro District mill is gonna have that five regional mill levy that we, we think is imp- important as well. So there's a lot of aspects to the project that, um, I'm, I'm not trying to be the cheerleader, I'm just saying that in, in weighing the scale, this weighs enough to where we, we have to make a decision, yes or no, we're recommending, you all are deciding, we're recommending yes.
7: I, th- I appreciate it. Thank you.
5: Sure.
0: Any more questions for Tar staff before we move on to public comment? I'm sorry, presentation. Maxwell. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to appear like I'm
4: badgering uh, because really, in essence, my question was the exact same one that, uh, that has already been answered. Um, although what I'm not hearing and what concerns me is I'm hearing unique. I'm hearing different. I'm not hearing exceptional. And what we what we've done in previous annexations is we've set the bar of exceptional. I want to make sure that that bar is not moving, you know, that that it is the same. Now, perhaps it's semantics, right? And that's fine. But I want to make sure that we're very clear in the rules by which we're operating that they're the same.
5: And, and that's, that's a fair comment. The code, code does talk about exceptional. So I think that, that those items are exceptional. They are extraordinary. This is not ordinary. They are extraordinary and exceptional and extraordinary is something that I would say are synonymous. So I think that this is exceptional in regards to the, the, the housing types, the work units, the size of the, of the open space. Um, and then also, given its location in the community, which is different, um, they do have alternatives that, that are not in the town's long-term best interests. So I do think it's exceptional in that regard. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other questions? Uh, moving on to the presentation.
13: All right. Um, the applicant is with us tonight, so Lynn Halfman and his design team will give their presentation.
22: good evening my name is um len Halfman. Um, my address is 1313 evelina road in castle rock i have been a developer of master plan communities uh, in castle rock and i've lived in castle rock for the last almost 30 years the alexander way property um, is the last piece of a development that I started about 30 years ago. Uh, It was the Maher Ranch property, which initially, which was developed uh, on the southern end by, uh, as Diamond Ridge Estates. Uh, In that case, we took a property uh, that had density significantly higher, and we reduced it. And we went with a product that, um, when I gave the presentation to the town council at the time, all those years ago, uh, the town council told me that they thought they didn't understand what I was doing. They didn't feel that um, doing a community, a master plan community with large estate lots, Uh, THAT WAS FOCUSED ON um, uh, VERY HIGH QUALITY, um, HIGH DEVELOPMENT STANDARDS. Um, IN in SHORT, IT WAS THE the, the SORT OF A BUILDING TYPE THAT uh, COUNCIL DIDN'T FEEL WAS REPRESENTATIVE OF WHAT THE TOWN WAS AT THAT POINT IN TIME. AND MY ARGUMENT WAS THAT um, uh, CONSISTENT WITH THE TOWN'S STANDARDS TO uh, OFFER ITSELF AS A PLACE FOR ALL TYPES OF HOUSING THAT THIS TYPE OF HOUSING WOULD BE ENTIRELY APPROPRIATE. NOW, um, WITH THE DEVELOPMENT OF DIAMOND RIDGE ESTATES, I THINK I HAVE BEEN VERY PROUD OF THE WAY THAT TURNED OUT. I THINK WE DID SOME THINGS WITH THAT PROJECT THAT WERE VERY DIFFERENT we created a open space in the middle of the community that was about 100 acres again it was something that was uh much different than than what folks were used to seeing um, both in castle rock and um, and in other douglas county communities um after diamond ridge i developed the rest of maher ranch and that was uh, sapphire point Um, again reduced the number of uh, housing units that uh, had been allocated for the property and tried to really work with the land um, and come up with uh, uh, housing types and a environment that um, would be special, that would be different than what folks were necessarily used to. I think that some of the newer communities uh, that, that you've approved recently are taking some of those same concepts. Um, uh, I remember discussions with staff about something called a roundabout, and we did three of these roundabouts, and that was uh, quite controversial at the time but we thought it was appropriate, and I think that we're seeing um, that sort of thing be used. Uh, it's much more common. I think we're all very much more used to it. Um, the Puma Ridge was uh, occurred just after, um, it's actually part of um, Sapphire Point, but it's the area to the north of Diamond Ridge that is along the ridge line. Uh, we try to take the same concepts of, of, of large lots um, and um, uh, with with areas that have, that were along the ridge line, have terrific views, and um, incorporate the things that we learned in, in, in the Diamond Ridge development. Um, and actually, I will mention one more thing before I forget is that, uh, Karen Henry, who's next to me. Karen's, Karen's firm is the uh, Henry Design Group. Uh, Karen designed Diamond Ridge uh, So we've been working together for many years. Um, she also uh, planned uh, Pignon Soleil, uh, the um, project that is, um, you can probably see it on your slide uh, it is just to the south and uh, east of where this property is located. Uh, another um, large lot concept with uh, custom home community uh, with a real strong focus on, on um, high quality, high workmanship, high standards. Uh, and um, uh, so the Alexander property is actually part of the original maher ranch purchase and it wasn't annexed to the town at the time because it was immediately adjacent to and shared a boundary with the silver heights water and sanitation district which had been around for since the 1950s Um, and so I've owned that property for about 30 years, and um, wasn't really wanted to see what was going to happen with um, with the 35-acre parcel, which is the other major parcel within um, within Alexander Way, and. That property went through a series of proposals, uh, two of which were heartily supported by the town. Uh, one of them was for a big data center uh, that would have, um, was intended for Oracle, but Oracle ended up putting that someplace else in 2007. 2011, that Southern 35 acres was proposed for a 200 unit hotel, uh, 50 casino units, a uh, fair amount of retail. And uh, in 2016, it was proposed for um, 250 units of um, of um, apartment living. It was only, and, and all of those uses were consistent with the town's 2020 master plan, which was done in, in, in 2000. So um, it wasn't until 2017 that the town... Uh, REENVISIONED THAT PROPERTY AND SAW IT uh, AS OPPOSED TO A VERY HIGH AND HIGH USE MIXED USE PRODUCT THAT IT WAS IDENTIFIED AS A RESIDENTIAL USE. AND AT THAT POINT I WAS ABLE TO GET INVOLVED IN THAT SOUTHERN PORTION OF PROPERTY AND WAS ABLE TO PUT TOGETHER THE PLAN THAT YOU SEE TODAY. working it's been a really a long process with the town staff uh, and with the uh, with the with our neighbors uh, uh, in diamond ridge our neighbors in in silver heights and the property owners on on all around the property to get to what you see here today Um, the intent of the large lots is to do a a PROJECT THAT IS REALLY TAKING THE VERY BEST OF WHAT WE LEARNED IN DEVELOPING DIAMOND RIDGE AND PUMA RIDGE AND PINYON Soleil AND APPLYING THOSE CONCEPTS TO THE ALEXANDER WAY PROPERTY. Um, AGAIN, a, a, a STRONG FOCUS ON um, HIGH QUALITY, HIGH MATERIALS, HIGH workmanship, HIGH DESIGN, uh, SOMETHING THAT WOULD BE a very special um, community, and that, frankly, is consistent with the um, uh, other communities that are in the immediate area. Uh, the um, what we were looking for um, on the corner of the property uh, near the uh, the uh, retail and commercial area was some sort of use that could keep density at, at pretty much as uh, at a at a very low level to keep the impact at a very low level. Um, um, And um, that's where the concept of doing a live work product came from. The idea being very simply that um, I think we all want to work where we live. And the last thing that most folks want to do is spend their time commuting on the I-25 corridor. And this is an opportunity uh, for small business, um, that, um, that, uh, the intent is for small businesses that are really, um, uh, professional and service driven, uh, businesses. Um, and I think, um, uh, Tara kind of outlined the sort of businesses we're talking about. So, um, so that is the basis for what we're talking about here. now. One of the things that was asked was, you know, about the herd of goats um, that uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Council Member Katie mentioned. Um, and uh, a significant number of those, of that herd, is sitting in the water rights that are um, being offered uh, to the town. I, I will tell you that. Um, Well, first of all, those water rights came from the development of Diamond Ridge Estates. 30 years ago, you only had to give the town what the development needed in order to satisfy that use. Um, And since we took the density of that property down significantly and the ground itself was 300 plus acres, we ended up with a a whole bunch of extra water rights THAT um, I BASICALLY KEPT IN POCKET FOR THE LAST, THAT LAST PERIOD OF TIME. Um, WHEN uh, WE MET WITH um, THE um, TOWN STAFF, WITH with, with DAVE AND HIS STAFF AND HIS KEY MEMBERS, um, ONE OF THE THINGS I MENTIONED WAS THAT um, I DID HAVE SOME WATER RIGHTS AVAILABLE AND I'D BE WILLING TO TAKE A SMALL PORTION OF THOSE AND PUT THOSE, those handful of goats into that process. Um, I I will tell you that that handful turned into the entire herd um, over the course of the last two and a half years as we've gotten to this point in time. So um, hopefully that helps address that particular point. Um, I was, I'm using up a lot of time here, so um, the One of the points I wanted to make, um, we we went through, I think, as I said, I think four uh, neighborhood meetings. I've had numerous discussions with uh, quite a number of folks uh, over that two and a half year period uh, talking about people's concerns. That the the sorts of concerns that um, residents and neighbors have had uh, are very similar in nature to what council looks at, which is um, everything you know, how much open space is being provided, uh, where are the, are the wildlife corridors that are being protected um, where are the where, you know, what is the connection to the trail system um, uh, how, where is the closest future house that, be, that will be located near me? All of those sort of things are things that, that we've, um, we have, uh, have worked on. Um, I think one of the, the key things that um, that uh, the uh, particularly the people in Silver Heights were interested in is they've been through that process of. Of knowing that there could have been some very significant development uh, that was adjacent to their property. And uh, the one thing that we heard loud and clear was that was that folks said, we love the idea of having these large lots and having this type of a quality development. These are folks that they've lived in the area. they 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 know what some of the other communities are, and we talked about that. Um, so I think, the, uh, a key point is that what this does for the neighborhood, for the people, the, the the residents and the homeowners and the property owners that surround the property, and certainly for the town, is it gives a certainty about exactly what's going to happen, and the fact that what is going to happen is something that will be very much a credit uh, to the town of Castle Rock, and um, And uh, if you just look at the other communities that surround it that I've been involved in, um, hopefully um, you will reach that same conclusion. So Karen, did you wanna hit any of the items in terms of neighborhood impact and the changes that we've made to address issues wow. there is let's keep going
23: I'm gonna start here
22: one more of this couple more okay, okay.
23: okay. Good evening, Mayor, members of the council. For the record, my name is Karen Henry with Henry Design Group. Our address is 1501 Wazi Street, Suite 1C, Denver. As Lynn mentioned, community engagement was a huge part of this process. We've listed out um, things that came to be and we've addressed during the PD zoning process, and we will further address them as we get into the site development plan. These items included um, issues as they related to setbacks, skyline ridgeline ordinance, uh, trails, buffers, water, landscape regulations, wildlife, traffic, and just generally overall growth. This slide just kind of outlines, it's tough to read, but outlines how each of those items were addressed. I'm just gonna hit on the trail and the buffer along the Eastern edge between this project, our neighborhood and Diamond Ridge. Yeah, yes, it's 20, uh, 31 acres. And there is a natural trail proposed. This trail will lead into the town's overall trail system, as well as the open space will connect to the town's open space. Some other highlights, we did do some analysis of the separation between Diamond Ridge and um, the proposed Alexander Way. There's a horizontal separation on this between 657 feet and 934 feet between the closest home. And then a vertical separation of between 239 feet and 301 feet. So there's quite a bit of space, buffers and it will maintain the views for Diamond Ridge as well as the proposed views for the neighborhood of the new residents. Um, we got into the approval criteria a little bit to ensure that we were in compliance with stated PD zoning regulations and, stat- and the annexation regulations. This is our assessment. We believe we're 100% compliant with both. And... Um, In general, in the planning commission, they were listed out by staff, which we concurred with. Overall, we believe Alexander Way meets the intent of the comprehensive master plan and vision statement, as well as the town's development criteria. As such, we respectfully request your approval this evening. And hopefully, you'll see us again soon at the site development plan. With that, thanks for your time, and we're happy to answer any questions.
0: Thank you. Any questions for um, the presentation before we move on to public comment? Laura Katie?
7: I don't know if this is a question for you guys or maybe Tara. Um, can you go back one slide please? Um, so wildlife. Um, wildlife is something that is a valuable asset to this community um, and people very much want to protect it. Um, besides the corridors obviously when you go in and you take down all the scrub oak you are affecting and displacing a lot of the fowl that live here could be rare species could be it could be interrupting um you know rare raptors do we do any kind of like studies that or 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 requests um to see what the impacts are for the for that wildlife so, I don't know if that's you, Tara. Go ahead. Anybody? I'm touch
23: on that.
13: So, we do, um, Councilmember Kavu. we do a referral um, to Colorado Parks and, and Wildlife Division. And so, they have provided uh, some comments and feedback on it. Um, part of some comments they typically have and have had on this one is if you're able to. Uh, keep your open space uh, clumped together in tracks that can help provide corridors. Uh, there are other areas of town where, if there is known uh, raptor nesting, they do come forward with requirements for that. So that did not happen in this case. Uh, but as this project move, if it moves forward to the site development plan, then that will be another referral to that outside agency as well. And there are different requirements during different times of the year, uh, which are in our regulations for grading. Uh, Sometimes um, there's like a burrowing owl that likes to hang out in prairie dog holes. So those are things that are covered under our construction um, requirements also. Uh, Specific to this property, um, uh, protected species did not come up uh, from the referral agent, but they will continue to look at it when we send them new items.
7: I appreciate that. I've gotten a lot of feedback in the community that they want to protect those species and not continually displace them. Yeah.
3: Councilmember Dietz. Yeah, just a quick question, I happen to notice something. What did you guys mean for the fees for traffic to help aid? Where are those fees going to come from? How will that work out?
13: Um, they are providing, as a part of the development agreement, a uh, pro rata share of their impact to some of those uh, intersections that I mentioned. So they will make a cash and loop payment to the town that goes into the transportation fund uh, that Public Works, the town can utilize for improvements in that area.
0: Any more questions uh, first? Oh, sorry. And Go I apologize,
13: down. I should clarify it is, it is a little bit It's more than their pro rata share. Um, yes
0: any more questions for tara's or for sorry for staff or presentations seeing none we'll move on to public comment uh first up i have matt call
24: mayor council members thank you Uh, my name is matt call i am not a resident of castle rock but was for 20 years I represent uh, a group of a group of owners that rep- that owns the seven acres adjacent to Len to the south, um, and we've spent the last couple years meeting with Len. Len has been exceptionally thoughtful um, in the way he's approached the project. You know, he sought us out to talk about his plans, to talk about, you know, um, variations to his plans over that period of time. Uh, our, our parcel, our seven acre parcel is in the town of Castle Rock, um, but it borders him in its entirety on the north part of our site and the south part of his. Uh, we really like what he's doing. We think he's put something that's valuable together. We love the live work component, uh, the large format um, lots, I think are something that's definitely unique to the town. And having, having sat in a lot of these meetings through the years, uh, I think they, uh, that, that Len and his, his group have done a very nice job of creating something that is exceptional, uh, that allows the town to control development, that provides a really nice chunk of open space. And myself and my partners are excited to figure out how we can collaborate uh, with Len to do something that's harmonious with hopefully the project that comes to fruition on his site. So we're very much in support of this project. So thank you. Thank you. Um, Anne and Len, you want to come together or separate? Together. Annette,
25: Annette, sorry,
7: it's my handwriting. It was awesome.
20: Huh? Go ahead. My name is Len Silverston. I counsel. Um, we uh, have lived in uh, Castle Rock in this uh, Diamond Ridge Estates uh, since the late '90s. SO WE WERE ONE OF THE FIRST HOUSES TO LIVE IN THERE. Uh, OUR PROPERTY WOULD probably BE CLOSEST TO THIS uh, NEW DEVELOPMENT. AND uh, IT SEEMS LIKE IT WON'T AFFECT US AT ALL IN TERMS OF BEING ABLE TO SEE ANYTHING OR, or HEAR ANYTHING, SINCE IT'S QUITE A DISTANCE. AND WE ESPECIALLY LIKE THE uh, OPEN SPACE. IN PARTICULAR, THERE'S LIKE A FOUR-ACRE STRIP AT THE TOP OF THE RIDGE that. Uh, uh, OUR UNDERSTANDING IS THAT THIS uh, PROPOSAL WILL BE TAKING CARE OF THAT ISSUE, OF uh, uh, d- DEVOTING THAT TO CASTLE ROCK. So THAT REALLY HELPS uh, NOT ONLY US, BUT but EVERYBODY ON THE RIDGE TO PROTECT THAT. Um, SO WE THINK THAT'S GREAT. WE'VE KNOWN LEN uh, AS A DEVELOPER for, FOR DECADES AND LOVE THE COMMUNITY THAT HE'S BUILT THERE AND um, uh, HAS AN EXTREMELY GOOD REPUTATION FOR uh, doing what he said he's going to do. He's been really great about the wildlife, about the whole community, in in fact. And uh, so we're extremely supportive of this this proposal.
25: Um, Hi, I'm Annette Quintana and um, his wife and live in the same place. What I wanted to speak to is um, your question about what makes this extraordinary in terms of what the developer's bringing to the table. And I'm just gonna speak to it through this lens. You're probably aware that there had been some sort of a maneuver over the last couple of years for somehow trying to get some water out of the San Luis Valley to be helping to meet the needs of Douglas County. By chance, I happen to be an owner of a fourth generation owner of a ranch in the Valley. So I'm coming to you to just speak to the fact that if there's anything that's really extraordinary that the developer is giving, it's the water in excess of what he had to. And I'm speaking to it through the lens of being part of another community that had to go through such extraordinary efforts to defend their water. So I'd ask for you to think about that through this lens and again, very much in support of this project.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Next I have Doug Taylor. Good
26: evening, thank you for your time. My name is Doug Taylor. I live at uh, Termalite Drive in uh, Puma Ridge. It's uh, adjacent to uh, Diamond Ridge. It's also affected by this. But, I, you know, I like the comments on a herd of goats because we live right off of Crowfoot. And it's just like you're day to day, you're looking down working, and then you look up and then there's houses everywhere. So I can certainly appreciate that. My kids go into um, Parker all the time you know wife and everything like that so it's always kind of crowded and stuff like that so you wake up one day and you <laughs> you look around and you say you better pay attention to what's going on with some of this stuff but anyway um, uh, I've lived up there at Puma Ridge for 15 years. I've hiked even before a lot of those developments all through that area. In fact, that's where I met uh, Lynn one time. I think I was on his land hiking through there. And uh, you'd made a comment about is it hikable? Is it usable land? Um, Even some of the park that the Metzler Ranch Park, there's a new trail that goes over to Crowfoot, and it's a more challenging kind of hike through there, but it's gonna to connect to that whole path there. And so like, like I did the path and I was like, well, I think I'm on private land at some point. And I was excited to see, you know, when I was talking to Lynn about this project, he said, it's gonna connect through. And when you talk about like exceptional hikes and stuff, it is like one of the most beautiful hikes in uh, Castle Rock I should probably should be telling everybody <laughs> cuz then you can have it to yourself you know back in there but it's beautiful it's wooded it's unique there's wildlife all through there and I think from what I can tell with what, how his park open space goes through there it's not, you can get through there and there's plenty of room for wildlife and everything if you hike back in there you'll see the wildlife so it's nice to see such a large chunk of the land for the wildlife for the hiking the 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 less lots the less bigger lots not only from like home values being by that area but less people kind of going through and then just lastly um I would say I'm a small business owner so I'm really big on kind of the 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 focus on small business owners and and the ability to kind of combine costs of living with expenses especially as real estate's gotten more expensive and everything like that so it seems like it's kind of friendly across the board with all those, and like everybody said, kind of combines learning lessons, you know, through Puma Ridge, Diamond Ridge, and I, I hike and walk my dog through all those areas too. Um, it just seems like it's it's well thought through and combines the best for the community. And then lastly, I would just mention, I don't know if you caught, Lynn, is, Lynn has got a place right by that area, so you kind of have somebody who's eating his own dog food, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he seems like he's really into the community and developing those things. And so it was well appreciated. And I thought it was worth you know, coming in and you know, speaking in favor of this project. It makes a lot of sense. And I heard some of the other things as far as hotels and Oracle and things. I mean, it seems like a great kind of hybrid solution that I support. So thanks for your time.
0: Thank you. I have no one else on time to speak. If someone wishes to speak, please approach the podium. Is anybody online uh, who'd like to speak? Whether it's on the telephone or, or online, uh, you can just raise your hand or press star three. Yes, we have one person online. Go ahead.
27: Hey, everybody. My name is Daniel Price. Um, hello, Mayor and Town Councilmen and Men and Women. I appreciate the time to speak on on, on this proposal. Um, I am currently in the process benefiting from the handiwork of Lynn on the Diamond Ridge and Puma Ridge development, which I don't think anybody's ever driven through those areas up there and said it wasn't done well. So I think this, you know, this project is an extension of that and it it speaks to the the devotion. I mean, anybody who holds onto a piece of parcel like this for over 30 years waiting for the right thing to do with it. Um, I think that speaks volumes about the type of character, um, the type of businessman that Lynn is. Uh, I, I love the community down there, I love the layout. You know, there's only so much you could ever even do with that area if you wanted to make it useful and I think they've nailed it. Um, I live right there on the on the ridgeline as well. Um, fully planned to be able to use those open spaces. You know, I've got four young kids um, and just, you know, full support of this plan, the community. I think the preservation is there, um, you know, from what they've tried to do. I think they gave much more than a full herd of goats um, as that's come up numerous times. So just wanna throw my support behind this and, uh, you know, hopefully get a bunch of friends to move there so they're closer to me.
0: Thank you, Daniel. Um, Anybody else online? One more person online. Thank you. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead
28: okay i'm karen oliver i live in silver heights with george my husband i've lived here since 1979 and i think lynn has done an excellent job in trying to come up with plans that will relate to both diamond ridge and to silver heights as far as lots open space he's worked well with all the homeowners around and i appreciate everything that he has tried to to uh, communicate and work with people he's done a very excellent job i do love the wildlife we have deer coyote bears everything going through our yard into the back so uh, and we are right back against the alexander way so um, i'd just like to uh say that i appreciate all his work and i think he's done a good job in trying to present this thank you
0: thank you karen shannon anybody else online seeing none uh we'll close public comment and bring it back to town council for discussion and a possible motion Laura Katie.
7: I just have some comments. Um, first of all, I appreciate the uh, folks that came out and spoke. Um, Puma Ridge, Diamond Ridge, Pinyon Soleil, those are all my district. So I don't know if this will end up in my district. We'll have to see how uh, things shake out. But I appreciate um, citizen involvement and you guys coming down to speak. Um, you are my number one priority in representing you. Um, Secondarily, Lynn, I appreciate the fact that you made these larger lots. I can tell you from my perspective, if this was high density and homes crammed in there, for me, it'd be a no. Um, But it looks like you put a lot of thought into it um, and and I appreciate that in terms of, you know, the impact on the community. So those are my comments. Oh, one other. Um, This is just a general comment, Dave. You know we talk about annexation um and it makes sense to infill here and there my challenge with that is we could annex forever in, in that kind of mindset right because the more we annex the more things touch right the further out we go um so just from me i think unless it's extraordinary like we've talked about I don't wanna see a lot of annexation because we can, I mean, like I said, it can go on forever, right? We start infilling, we start saying here, we start saying, oh, now it's touching this piece of property, right? So,
5: no, I I guess, Councilman, I I respectfully disagree. Um, Infill means that it is already largely surrounded by town boundaries. We're not talking about annexing further south so that it couldn't go on forever that way. Um, It can't go further north because it's Castle Pines or the village of Castle Pines. Um, It really won't go further east. We don't have any, in my mind, that's not infill. When you look at the map of the town, infill means areas that fill in the remainder of the town boundaries. This property is currently surrounded by town boundaries. So we're talking about it filling in at least that's respectfully that's what that's how i would define infill um you are correct that we're not we are not interested in just annexing to the new mexico state line right that is that is accurate and um but we do know that there are some properties um and you've got you've got some here we've got some right away and stuff it's a small matter i understand it's not really what you're talking about but we're, there's not really going to be there's this opportunity, there's obviously the Pine Canyon Pioneer Ranch property that we think for strategic reasons should be developed and annexed into the town. There's some other portions that, that we see that quite frankly, we, don't, we, don't, we, we haven't really seen any extraordinary or exceptional value presented. So we, we've, we've told them that while staff doesn't make the decisions, our recommendations would be that we're not going to recommend annexation because it's not exceptional but if, if someone for example came and wanted to annex further down ridge road from where we currently have town boundaries further to the south council, council member uh, brooks and i talked a little bit about long time town development things like that under our practices and our policies we'd say that's not infill that's just adding on to town boundaries and in that instance we're not going to recommend annexing that property. But for um, some property like this, I mentioned Pine Canyon, the Pioneer Ranch property. Um, I think there's some some amendment tracks. We've actually tried to buy as open space and they've not have been rebuffed to date. Um, when you really start looking around, then, then there are some small portions that have already been developed um, along, along Fifth Street, for example, there are a number of rural residences along Fifth Street where we're talking about improving Fifth Street. I think the church, St. Francis Church, for example, that's on town water may or may not be eventually on town wastewater. That annexation may make sense because it's filling in our boundaries, reduces confusion as to what, what it provides for and, and does that. So unless directed otherwise, we think if some, some of that annexation may make sense, but if, but just annexing just to enlarge our footprint at least our direction has been, and our advice has been, to say no on enlarge the footprint, fill in infill type development where you're filling in existing boundaries. We think that that can make sense because it's we've already largely got services nearby. We've got there's th- that that type of of okay, can, but we're also going to be asking for the exceptional value, the extraordinary value, in most of those circumstances. So I don't I don't think that. Just there is a limit to annexation in the sense that are you enlarging your boundaries? Not so much. That's not a good idea. Because we don't we're not trying to enlarge our boundaries. But if it's something that's already filling in where we already have, then I think we've got to look at got to look at it as to as, does that make sense? So at least that's the way I would I would look at it.
7: Nope, that makes sense and I appreciate you explaining it because um, I think there's concern in the community that we are going to like extend our boundaries. And I I think that this is a good discussion in saying that that is not the council's goal, nor is it town staff's goal.
5: Thank you. That's that's at least our direction so far. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And I'd like to build on that It's a good point from Laura Cavey, I mean, I I think that as far as I can tell, most of us agree that we're about 33 square miles and It makes sense to fill in the pockets that need to be filled in. I don't think it makes sense to go 37 square miles, 38 square miles, 40 square miles, and keep building out. Um, But taking care of some of our infills, I think that that do make sense, and and especially if if they benefit the town of Castle Rock. So with that, I I move to approve the annexation ordinance as introduced by title and first reading. Second. I have a first by myself, a second by the floor, Mayor Pro Tem, any further discussion? Just a quick comment,
4: just a, again, thank you along the same lines, Councilwoman McCabe's comments. Thank you to the, to the public that came in uh, to speak. I don't know if it's very, if not actually exceptionally rare to have members of the public come in during an annexation and speak in favor, You know, it, your comments, your time, uh, it's appreciated, I really am very, very appreciative of public coming in and, and speaking in favor of this, thank you.
0: With that, we have a roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken? Yes. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor Portem LaFleur? Aye. Mayor Gray? Aye. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you.
8: I have the second motion um, up for your consideration. Thank you. I move to approve the zoning ordinance as introduced by title and first reading.
6: Second.
0: Uh, first by this, this, uh, Mayor Pro Tem LaFleur, and a second by Ryan, Ryan Hollingshead. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken? Yes. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem LaFleur? Aye. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. Thanks you very much. Uh, moving on to number 28 and 29, Orders 2023-35, Orders annexing the Town of Castle Rock, Colorado, 5.31 acres of located land located in the north half of Section 25, Township 7, Range 67 west of six Principal, Meridian, Douglas County, Colorado, pursuant annexation petition submitted by the Town of Castle Rock. And number 29, Orders 2023-36, Orders approving the initial zoning for 5.31 acres of land located in the north half of uh, section 25, township seven, south range 67 west on the sixth principal meridian Douglas County, Colorado, pursuant with a zoning application submitted by the town of Castle Rock, Colorado. Tara. all
13: right good evening um, another joint excuse me i'm really loud all of a sudden a joint presentation on both annexation and zoning uh, for the crowfoot valley road right-of-way uh, so this is just over five acres uh, it's four parcels combined together uh, that are adjacent to the town boundary uh, you can see that it's just south of sapphire point boulevard uh, diamond ridge parkway uh, castle rock fire station 155 is right in that area as well um. You can also see the unincorporated Douglas County property that is located uh, just to the south of the property uh, being developed as Macanta. Um, In this case, uh, the town has owned the majority of this right of way uh, for some time. Uh, Just recently as a part of the planned road expansions and work in this area, uh, Douglas County deeded one of the tracks they own over to the town. Uh, So now we do own um, the full area highlighted in blue. the right of way on Crowfoot that continues on into town, so where you see the the label that says town boundary, uh, that stretch of right of way is within the town. Uh, so this uh, parcel uh, would complete um, again the town already owns it, but it would complete the town's jurisdiction up to that. I guess you'd say the northeastern edge right there with Sapphire Point. So a little bit about the annexation process. Uh, this one moved. Uh, slightly faster than uh, some of the previous annexations we've discussed. Um, Partially, it's because it's just right-of-way. It's very very, uh, simple to understand and get through. Uh, The substantial compliance and eligibility hearings were held earlier this year in September and October, and this item also went before Planning Commission on October 26th so why annex uh, this portion of property i mean the town already owns it uh, but part of it is to clean up uh, just our overall effort to clean up jurisdictional boundaries uh, really reduce redundancies uh, between uh, law enforcement agencies as well as um, you know we already owned it so it does it does just clean it up Uh, you can see uh, pictures taken on the left-hand side there it currently is right-of-way it's planned to continue to be right-of-way I know in some past discussions, uh, Council Member Cavey, you'd asked about it related to the public works widening here. Um, The widening of the roadway can still happen if we don't annex it, uh, but it just really cleans up the jurisdictional boundaries, and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, For some time now, we've looked at town-owned parcels. Uh, You might remember Gateway Mesa a couple years ago. Uh, We did annex that into the town. So uh, we just have an ongoing effort around town where we're identifying parcels that uh, we own, if that can help clean up uh, all our boundaries there on the proposed zoning. Uh, So typically in town, right-of-way doesn't have a special zone. Uh, The zone district on right-of-way is the the B zone downtown or in um, the Meadows, it's the Meadows zoning. So there's not usually a special carve out for zoning at all for right-of-way. But state statute requires us to zone property within 90 days of when it's annexed. Um, In town practice, we always do it at the same time that we annex, uh, we zone because we wanna know what a developer is planning to do. Uh, so in this case, we've identified uh, one of our straight zone districts, a uh, public land district one, uh, PL1. Uh, its primary purpose is for municipally owned property and public uses. Um, You can see the list of permitted uses on the right-hand side. They include elements like active parks, uh, civic uses, municipal facilities, uh, public improvements, and public right-of-way. To be clear, we're not planning an active park in the middle of Crowfoot um, Valley Road. Uh, It is currently right-of-way and will maintain as right-of-way. We're just identifying that the PL1 district is the cleanest and most appropriate district to apply to it. Community outreach. We had two neighborhood meetings uh, held for this uh, property. You can see um, the attendance uh, in the chart there. Uh, General questions were asked really about the timing of the Crowfoot Valley improvements um, and when that widening was going to take place. So with that, again, we looked at all the same state statute requirements and municipal code sections related to annexation and zoning. Uh, We did all of our noticing um, as required under state statute. Uh, Staff does find that it meets the requirements for annexation and zoning and we obviously um, recommended or we wouldn't be here before you tonight. Uh, Planning Commission reviewed this on October 26th and voted six to zero to recommend approval of the annexation and the related uh, zoning to public land one uh, to town council. Um, with that, I do have similarly two separate motions proposed uh, annexation ordinance for consideration first, uh, zoning ordinance for consideration second. Um, since we are also the applicant, we have no separate presentation prepared and I'm happy to take any questions you may have at this time.
0: Any questions for tar or staff? Seeing none, I will now open this to the public. I have no one signed up to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in the microphone online users may use your raise your hand feature and phone and callers and press star three please say your name and whether you're a resident non-resident or business owner you will have four minutes to speak seeing none, direct town council for a discussion of a possible motion i approve move to approve the annexation ordinance as introduced by title on first second.
20: meeting
0: i have a first by max brooks second by laura K. V. any further discussion roll call vote please
1: Councilmember Hollingshead.
0: Aye.
1: Councilmember Kavy. Yes. Councilmember Bracken. Yes. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Dees. Yes. Mayor Time on the floor. Aye. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. I move to approve
4: the zoning ordinance as introduced by title on first reading.
7: Second.
0: First by Max Brooks. Second by Laura Cavey. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken? Yes. Councilmember Brooks?
0: Aye.
1: Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor the LeFleur? Aye. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Moving on to additional uh, advertised public hearing and discussion action items. Public comment will be taken on these items limited to four minutes per speaker. Council will also accept comments submitted online at crgov.com backslash council comments by 1 p.m. today to be included into public report. Number 30, Resolution 2023-137. Resolution naming the new park in Plum Creek, North Neighborhood Emerald Park. Jeff?
29: Mayor and council, thanks for hearing this item tonight. Um, this is as it indicates the naming of the neighborhood park in Plum Creek North, something we've waited for for a long time. Um, this is one of the fun responsibilities that town council gets as well as the community. So naming those special facilities that we have that are out there in the public. So this is uh, the location of the, the uh, Uh, Park is outlined in yellow there. You can see the Plum Creek Golf Course um, to the left is to the north and to the right is to the south. So you can see that that uh, lies on Emerald Drive and adjacent to the golf course. Um, This is a project that was identified through the 2019-24 to Capital Improvement Plan. Um, We are under construction for that at this point in time with Colorado Designscapes. And uh, uh, we're hoping that uh, we can get that project PROJECT COMPLETED AS SOON AS POSSIBLE. BUT um, WITH THAT CONSTRUCTION NOW WE HAVE THE PRESSURE OF figuring OUT WHAT THE NAME OF THAT PARK WILL BE. FAIR WARNING IN THE PAST WHEN I'VE COME BEFORE COUNCIL I THINK uh, OF MY RECOMMENDED NAMINGS I THINK I'VE WON ONE TIME AND LOST ABOUT FOUR. SO um, WE REALIZE THAT THIS IS ENTIRELY UP TO YOU GUYS. SO um, WE DO HAVE A TOWN FACILITY NAMING POLICY THAT TALKS ABOUT OUR GOALS. Uh, primarily to advance a sense of community here in Castle Rock, uh, to show off our small town character. Um, we talk about heightening the awareness of town history, to celebrate the natural environment, and to call attention to points of pride in our community. So, what it makes it unique. So, this summer, with the HELPS of our community relation uh, staff, um, we had uh, we went ahead and we gathered input uh, to the naming of the park. So, um, with Kristen and Melissa's help, we went ahead and did so. So, we had nearly 500 open ended suggestions. 230 naming preferences were expressed on the online questionnaire. The preferences for this particular park were Emerald Park. It emerged as the top choice. Um, we had some open ended responses that went ahead and had uh, variants of Emerald Park. Um, and so you can see over on the right, on the screen on our table, um, it shows on the bar graph uh, what various names were, were uh, preferred by the community. So we have uh, Valley View Park, Emerald Park, which was the, the most significant, Emerald View Park, Emerald Valley Park, Fairway Park, Ridge View Park, and Quarry View Park. Um, as you can see, Emerald Park was uh, far and away the preferred option Uh, for this particular uh, property. So we have a recommendation before you. Uh, The Parks and Recreation Commission unanimously endorsed the selection of naming the new neighborhood park in Plum Creek Emerald Park. So we have a recommended motion before you. um, And then alternate motions uh, provided also for town council. So that concludes my presentation. If you have any questions, I'm available for answer.
0: Any questions for Jeff before we move to public comment? Thank you, Jeff. I will now open this to the public. I have no one to to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in a microphone. Online users may use a raise your hand feature and phone and callers to press star three, and please state your name, whether you are a resident, non-resident or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring it back to town council for a discussion and possible motion.
3: Let's move to approve the resolution as introduced by title.
8: Second.
0: I have a first by Councilmember Dietz, a second by Mayor pro Tem Lafleur. Any further discussion? Um, Tim Dietz.
3: Just comment. Yeah, great. Yeah. Just wanted to also thank the public that was involved and really wanted to park there. Your crew always does a good job getting it done, Jeff. Um, they really wanted to park there, and I think Emerald Park is just the appropriate name, so... Well done overall. And again, great public input. And you know the groups are there, I could name them all, but good job.
0: Thank you. Um,
3: and
2: uh, in. in addition to um, um, Councilmember Dietz's comments that the, uh, you know, town council approved the, the money to beautify that park, to rip out the old infrastructure and all that. Um, so, uh, Good use of town's money to be able to uh, to be able to get that buffer between those residents, and now we're finally putting it to bed. So um, it's been it's been a couple years with uh, with approvals for that area. So uh, well done, and uh, um,
0: the name's great. So thank you. Thank you. We do have first and second. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollington? aye. Councilmember Cavey? yes. Councilmember Bracken, yes. Councilmember Brooks, aye. Councilmember D. Yes. Mayor Portem LaFleur? Aye. Mayor Gray? Aye. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Jeff. Number 31 on the agenda Resolution 2023 138, Resolution approving 2023 Town of Castle Rock Public Art Strategic Plan. Plan
30: good evening thank you all for being here this evening i am maya yates i'm the administrative supervisor for the parks and recreation department i also have the wonderful opportunity to serve as the staff liaison to the public art commission so um The Public Art Commission um, plays an integral role in defining public initiatives uh, related to public art for the town. So its members recently visioned and wrote the strategic plan that's being presented to you this evening. Um, Their goal was really to build upon the vision of previous plans as well as integrating future aspirations of our growing Castle Rock community. So previous plans included the 2007 public art master plan, as well as the 2017 public art plan. So to um, kind of draft the vision for the plan, the commission did engage in a significant amount of public outreach. So outreach efforts included um, executing community questionnaires to assess the value of public art, engage the types of art the public is interested in experiencing. Um, The Commission also held on-street interviews with residents and visitors at ArtFest and other community events. Um, The group held stakeholder interviews with key community leaders and organizations throughout town. They also hosted a master planning workshop, as well as a public open house to really just gather feedback on the draft plan before bringing it to you all this evening. So the most recent community questionnaire indicated that the community does have a strong Um, kind of passion for the art, particularly in enhancing the quality of life in Castle Rock. So 90% of 121 respondents indicated that they either agree or strongly agree that arts and culture enhance our quality of life. When we kind of asked why and dug into the why, um, we definitely saw a few themes. So the themes being beautification, strengthening community identity, Um, telling the story of community identity, providing an opportunity to unify the community through story, um, kind of providing a place for emotional expression, and then also increasing um, tourism and enhancing our economy, whether it's a creative economy or a creative um, workforce, kind of attracting that to us here in Castle Rock. So after assessing the public input and also assessing um, kind of opportunities that we have in the future, um, they kind of um, came up with six thematic goals and then uh, each goal has its own objectives. So it is important to note that the objectives outlined in the plan are still subject to future Um, partnership opportunities funding availabilities and council approval so you can kind of see the goals outlined here uh, below so beautification of public spaces could um, feature future opportunities and objectives to enhance entryways or public right-of-ways with art Um, community engagement is simply just increasing the community awareness of public art through social media through the town's website other outreach methods Um, Conservation and maintenance is simply just continuing our current efforts underway to uh, maintain our collection. So the town owns about 40 pieces of permanent art, um, and we just want to kind of maintain their integrity going into the future. Um, Another goal is creating an art experience destination. So this one is definitely related to increasing tourism and attracting visitors. Um, One example could be installing a sculpture type garden or sculptures around the grounds at Cantrell School, kind of similar to what you'd experience at Hudson Gardens or the Botanic Gardens as you're kind of walking around the grounds. Um, Another goal is just making art part of the conversation. So this goal is focused a lot on expanding partnerships, Um, and participating in events to again just kind of maintain that awareness of public art within the community and then the last goal is researching and expanding funding opportunities for public art so the town currently funds art through the philip s miller trust fund Um, the commission is interested in considering other avenues of funding just to continue to grow and expand the public art program. So opportunities could include things like seeking um, maybe corporate sponsorships and private donors. It could be participating in the scientific and cultural Fertilities district or the percent for art program. It could also be um, applying to grants and seeking grant opportunities, which is something that the commission has not um, sought before for the purposes of public art. So that's kind of the brief synopsis of the, the plan and its goals. I'd be happy to answer any questions before entertaining a resolution to approve the plan.
0: Any questions for my before we we'll move on to public comment? Seeing none, I do have well, one uh, uh, public comment. Jennifer Perry. It's
31: a much quieter crowd now. <laughs> right? I'll be brief. Um, I'm Jen Perry, and I serve at the pleasure of Town Council and the Town of Castle Rock as the Chair of the Public Art Commission. I wanted to thank you all for your participation in the plan and the many community members that participated in it. But uh, most importantly, I wanted to tell you that because of the volume or the input that we got from so many people, we feel very confident that the plan that we're bringing to you um, really represents the needs and wants of the community, and we also feel like it builds on the future. But what I wanted to share today was a story, and I think a few of you have heard this, but it's worth repeating. Um, We learned in the last year that the um, newly engaged couples in the county, when they went to the county building to apply for their marriage license, um, were sent down to the I Love You So Much mural, which was featured in the presentation, Um, and it became a part of their story, and as they embark on this new journey in their life, I Love You So Much became a part of their narrative. And I believe very strongly that, well, first of all, it was a collaboration that even brought that together. So the Public Art Commission and the Castle Rock Art Cooperative came together during the pandemic and created a campaign called Painting Positivity. And Painting Positivity was about sharing light in the world when it was dark. And I would say that this is a true story of how it's transformed into something very positive. Um, we're a part of these new newly engaged couple stories, and we've really made an impact on their life, but also the town of Castle Rock is associated with this really positive thing. The plan that we've brought to you is very bold, um, and quite frankly, it's a lot of work. Um, It's gonna be a lot of work going forward, but it's gonna require that kind of collaboration and cooperation to get things done um, and to make an impact on the community. As we've heard tonight, there's growth that's happened in the last 20 years, and there's growth in the future. And as a town that is growing, it's really important that we understand that it's our challenge to tell the story through art and culture of Castle Rock. And that's not just about historical preservation. While that part of it is important, it's also about the future. And it's about those I love you so much moments, those moments in front of the murals that are creating the narrative for the future, we can be a part of of creating those moments. So I just wanted to thank you for your efforts. Thank you for considering, considering um, our plan this evening and um,
0: appreciate all you do. Thank you, Jen. Is there anybody else in the public who would like to, to who is not assigned to speak, to come speak at the podium? Seeing none, do we have anybody online who would like to, to talk about either online or on the phone? Seeing no back down council for a possible motion and discussion.
8: Mayor, I move to approve the resolution as introduced by title and thanks for using my picture. Second. Everybody got to go
0: laugh. <laughs> <laughs> First by um, Mayor Pro Tem, uh, <laughs> let's dance to the floor and a second by uh, Councilmember Dietz. And I have Max Brooks.
4: <laughs> I am in favor of the, uh, the resolution the strategic plan. I think that's fantastic. I would just simply like to strongly encourage um, to anybody that will be part of this process, if not outright plead that when it comes to funding, that we are going through options A, B, C, D, E, F, G uh, for public funding, private funding, you know, um, specifically private funding, grant writing before we get any further down into the alphabet. And I think you understand what I'm getting at, right? Um, just please let's let's try to find private funding I know this will be a piece of this down the road separate from this right I'm support here I'd like to continue to collaborate if you get what I mean thank you Councilmember the, Dietz
3: these folks and I I sit on the public arts they are exhaustive and extensive and they do a, a lot of work that I just commend them for, um, I know that when I drive around or I walk the dog, I see most of my art on the side of trading cars. But what you guys do for Castle Rock really makes a difference, so thank you.
0: We do have a first and a second. Uh, I just say one thing is, is uh, Desi and I were at a, a EDC meeting this this last week where we had a consultant retail retail consultant for towns and for um, retail centers and downtown specifically um, the word art was used several times like and I was surprised actually how many times it was used and how um, and how she she really pointed to how different towns who had public art um, did a better job in general with their towns I, thought, I was um, I mean, I, always, I, I like art, and I even like art I don't like. And there's some, there some stuff in town where like, it doesn't, doesn't speak to me, but I still appreciate it. You know, I mean. But it
8: was a key component.
0: But it was a key component to the retail to, side. To, of yeah, yeah, it really was and to, to, the, to the speech we had. And so, um, you know, there are, there are some art pieces I like more than others, but I, I also think that art's important whether I like it or not. So we do have first and second roll call vote, please.
1: Council Member Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember Bracken? Yes. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor on the Floor? Aye. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously.
0: Thank you. Moving on to 32 on the agenda, ordinance 2023-37, ordinance amending chapters 15.12, the Castle Rock Municipal Code, adopting reference as a primary code, a 2023 edition of the National Electrical Code amendments and amending chapters 15.28, the Rock Municipal Code, adopted by reference, miscellaneous codes relating to conveyances and accessibility buildings and facilities. Thank
13: you. All right. Well, good evening, mayor and council members. Um, I have with me tonight John White. He is our chief building official. Uh, He's been in that role um, coming up on two years and he has worked uh, the past seven years in our building division. So welcome to the table, John. (laughs) Um, I will introduce it and then I will turn it over to John um, for all the great technical parts of it. Um, But as we do with our building code, we typically adopt various sections of of national code that are put out there. Uh, The goal of this particular amendment before you was related to the National Electrical Code. Uh, There is a 2023 standard out now. Uh, The town is currently on the 2017 standard, so we're looking to um, update uh, to the most recent code there. And as I mentioned, John will talk through the details of that. Um, Other updates include updating uh, two of our national um, elevator and chairlift codes up to the most recent additions, and then just providing some clarifying language uh, within the code and correcting some minor um, errors. So with that, i'll turn it over to john if you want to briefly give your background and why you're the better electrical expert that'd be great
12: thank you tara um good evening mayor and members of the council like as T- tara mentioned i've been with the town for a little over seven years and as chief building official two years and one of my GOALS AND SOMETHING THAT WAS ASKED OF ME WHEN I DID BECOME CHIEF BUILDING OFFICIAL WAS TO LOOK INTO ADOPTING THE NATIONAL ELECTRICAL CODE, THE 2023 CODE. Um, WITH MY BACKGROUND, I AM GOING ON 29 YEARS AS A LICENSED ELECTRICIAN. Uh, ONCE I'M LICENSED, I'M KIND OF I'm not a Marine, but once it's kind of like a Marine, where once electrician, always electrician, I'm still a licensed electrician, and I always will be, and I will always hold that license. And so that is my background being a a licensed electrician for the last 29 years. Um, So, one of the things that we did do is one of the first books that I did buy once we could purchase them was. As you can see, the National Electrical Code, which is written by the National Fire Protection Agency, um, and also to uh, actually purchasing the um, IAEI, which is, stands for the International Association of Electrical Inspectors, and it's the analysis of changes. and it, It's a, it's a book. It's it kind of goes through the major changes of each each cycle of each code as it's adopted. Some of the things I want to touch on are just some of the changes that um, have come across through those changes in the new codes. Um, Mostly the residential I want to touch on because that's our community. Um, There wasn't a lot of major changes on the commercial side, but residentially it does. It's what our community is, is the residential. A lot of the changes that we do, that we've come across, um, GFCIs are ground fault circuit interrupters as commonly known in the residential area and commercial Uh, as we speak today most basements unfinished you have one ground fault circuit interrupter in the basement Um, once it's finished ground fault circuit interrupters are only required in the unfinished areas with the new code, they will be required in all finished and unfinished areas. Um, what that means is arc fault and, which is uh, another term, um, it's another protected device um, in residential houses is arc fault um, receptacles and or breakers. It'll be required that all outlets and lighting is arc fault and ground fault circuit interrupted, um, protected in all basements, finished or unfinished in kitchen um, units. Um, currently, the uh, everything above counter is required in a kitchen now to be acquired GFCI protected. In the new code, all kitchen receptacles rated um, from 125 volts to 300, excuse me, 250 volt receptacles shall be GFCI protected. What that means is, in most of our houses that were built prior to 20, 2020, Everything above counter is GFCI protected. Your refrigerator may or may not be, depending on the closeness of it to the sink. Microwave, not GFCI protected. Disposal dishwasher, oven, not GFCI protected. In the new code, everything's protected. There's still a danger um, with, with that those kitchen because of the water sources that are always close by. So everything, including dishwasher, disposal, oven, will now be protected by GFCIs. <laughs> Moving on, uh, as well as laundry rooms. What we're seeing is an abundance of a lot of laundry rooms that get built now, they have sinks in them. The builders build those sinks with those, into those laundry rooms as we see them uh, today. So everything in the laundry room will be GFCI protected. A lot of it's now, because it's required any receptacle, that's within six feet of a sink, of a rim of a sink, does have to have that protection. Starting today, or excuse me, starting with the 2023 code, even the dryer will be ground fault circuit interrupted protected. Um, And that's really the only additional, because everything else was already protected with that water source. Also, to a new code is they're actually removing a requirement where in dwelling unit peninsulas and islands in kitchens, receptacles will not be required to be installed. So gone are the days that you see an outlet on the side of your cabinet or the side of the wall of your kitchen island or peninsula now you do not have to put an outlet in the island if you do choose to put an outlet in the island they have to be in the countertop of a plunger type device the reason is it's a safety reason a lot of kids even accessible people with wheelchairs were getting hung up on a cord pulling a hot hot plate, crock pot onto themselves or into their laps because that cord is wrapping around the top of the uh, counter. So they're getting way, rid of the requirement. If a builder does choose to not put a receptacle in at the Kitchen Island or Peninsula, they do have to, at the time of construction, Um, PROVIDE SOME PROVISION FOR AN OUTLET FOR THE FUTURE HOMEOWNER. MEANING THEY HAVE TO HAVE SOME KIND OF A RACEWAY BACK TO THE POWER SOURCE OR PUT A JUNCTION BOX IN underneath THE CABINET WHERE IT'S A LITTLE BIT SO IT'S THERE AND IT'S PROVIDED ALREADY. AS YOU CAN SEE WE'RE TRYING TO KEEP UP TO DATE AND CURRENT WITH ALL OF OUR NEIGHBORING JURISDICTIONS WITH THE ELECTRICAL CODES AS THEY ADOPT THEM. Um, WE WOULD LIKE TO ADOPT and, AND ARE PROPOSED TO ADOPT Um, for January 1st, 2024. To date, uh, Douglas County Building Division has adopted the 2023 codes. All the other Parker Centennial, Greenwood Village, and Lone Tree, they anticipate adopting sometime in 2024. I did make some phone calls through all these jurisdictions. They just did not have a date set for when they want to adopt, but they would like to adopt in 2024 as they current with the state code, which um, has to be adopted within the 12 months of their adoption, which was August 1st of this year. Some of the other updates and clarifications we wanted to talk about were in Title 1512 and 1528. Um, 1512, this was something to just to be more consistent with the rest of the code. All of our other codes are referred to as codes of the Town of Castle Rock, whether it be the fuel gas code, the building code, the residential code. It was the residential code of the Town of Castle Rock. The electrical code was not. It was just the electrical code. So I wanted to kind of be a little more consistent with the electrical code and name it the electrical code of the town of Castle Rock. And so that was that change that we added into um, the title. Adoption two, uh, one of the things we wanted to be, with the state, uh, we run a program for the conveyances, elevators, chair lifts, um, any escalators, if we ever get one in this town, Um, we run the program for the state. And one of those, uh, one of the requirements from the state is to be up to date with their codes. Um, And so this gets us more in line with the update of those codes. And a lot also too, with the ordinance as it stands today, there wasn't a lot of clarity on what those codes were for. They just said elevator codes. Actually, all the codes, sorry, all the codes were actually um, have a title. And so we wanted to clarify what each um, standard was for, whether it was an elevator, escalator, platform lifts or stairway lifts, and also existing codes um, for, and also, and and as well as automated people movers. Um, And that, that kind of, and one of the other things too was the ANSI code, which is our accessibility code that's put on um, for, by the uh, international code council and it's what the accessibility code is it's the ada it's the american disabilities act um, to be in compliance with that and it really didn't have a definition in our ordinance it just said ansi and it gave the title reference of a17 and 2009 so we're actually giving the title back to it to where it, it's the accessibility code Uh, We did have, with our outreach, we did have some stakeholder. We did have uh, conducted stakeholder meetings for the national electrical code changes. We held eight meetings over the last over the twelve months with building contractors, uh, the development community, and with board of building appeals as well.
30: Back so thank to you. you, John.
12: And with
13: that, I'll just go through and talk through our staff recommendation. Um, so the ordinance that's in your packet tonight um, adopts uh, the new versions of the three codes you see listed in the bullets here uh, for the National Electrical Code, um, and then the 2019 and 2017 versions related to elevators and platform lifts. Uh, so uh, we recommend that these codes be effective January 1st of 2024 Um, I do uh, we are also proposing that for production home builders uh, that they comply with the codes uh, six months later July 1st 2024 so I'll touch on that a little bit Um, there are new code versions that come out uh, of various parts of the building code every couple of years and when we review them uh, we typically uh, for the the major items that cause a redesign in homes we usually provide our production home builders a six-month to redesign their master plans so a lot of the um, homes in town that are built today aren't custom homes Uh, they submit the home builders submit a master plan set to the building division they approve that version all the options on it and then when a home site is picked um, those plans have already been approved so we do give our home builders uh, the opportunity to come up uh, to revise all their uh, plan sets as well as having to resubmit them all to our staff to re-review them uh, so that they are good to go. So as a part of this adoption, um, excuse me, I guess as a part of the staff recommendations, similar to our past building code recommendations, we're proposing uh, effective January 1st, 2024, uh, with production home builders having six months to bring their master plans up to date. So with that, we are happy um, to answer any questions. We have a proposed motion for your consideration.
0: Questions for Tara or John?
13: Mostly for John.
0: <laughs> Especially Tara. Um, seeing none, we will bring it to, to public. And I, I will ask if anyone who would like to speak can approach the podium. Or anybody online can go online with their raise, raise your hand feature or um, star three if we are on the phone. Seeing none, we'll bring back to town council for a possible motion and discussion
4: move to approve this ordinance is reduced by title
2: on first reading. Second.
0: Uh, first by Max Brooks a second by Ryan Hollings had any further discussion.
2: I do have a yeah. question not that I want to stay here any later but yeah. um, so the the um, the trip mechanism that that is in place for like a refrigerator do they have technology now that will like alert and those kind of things that kind of like you know let, let's the homeowner know that their stuff's not going to spoil or whatever, right? Yeah,
12: a lot of the ground fault circuit interrupters now, um, one of the requirements of a ground fault circuit interrupter, it has to be readily accessible. So you cannot put a ground fault circuit interrupter behind the fridge. It has to be a your run of the mill everyday receptacle. And it would have to be located either above the counter or at the breaker. a lot of the G- uh, ground fault circuit interrupters now have an indicator light when they're on or off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would indicate to a homeowner. A lot of the, they have worked out a lot of the technical issues with a lot of electronics in, let's say, refrigerators. Um, it was nuisance tripping prior to this. Mm-hmm. And they've figured that out and they're not getting those nuisance tripping as. As they were in the past. Okay, fair enough.
2: Yeah, just my curiosity hope that, was. Yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking of everything spoiling in the You're
12: kind of like the garage and your gra- gr- freezer in your garage or your basement. Yes. Right. Because <laughs> that you. happened to me once,
2: actually.
0: <laughs> it has no further discussion. Roll call vote, please.
1: <clears throat> Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember McAvoy. Yes. Councilmember Bracken. Yes. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Member Deeds? Yes. Mayor The floor. Aye. Mayor Gray? Aye. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Time is now 9-19. I will set the motion to adjourn the meeting. So.
6: Second. second.
0: I have a first by Kevin Bracken and a second by Ryan's Holland, Ryan had. Is there a further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
1: Councilmember Hollington.
0: Aye.
1: Councilmember Kavy. Yes. Councilmember Bracken. Yes. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember D. Yes. Mayor pretend the floor. Aye. Mayor Gray. Aye. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for your work. We are adjourned.